Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Round Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this episode is Fighting the Hylian Fight, as we'll be discussing our full impressions of Hyrule Warriors for the Wii U later in the show. But uh, before we get to that, we of course have news, and I feel like you can kind of divide the news into a couple chunks. Like, you have, like, things we want to have but can't have, like the new 3DS and these crazy new 2DSs coming out in Europe. Then we have a few things we are getting, like 3DS menus and um, Wii U updates and stuff. Then we have the eShop as a thing, both the bad and good. The bad being some absolutely ridiculous eShop games we're going to talk about, along with the good, which is some new DLC information for some big games we already have, like Mario Kart. And then, of course, we have those high reward impressions. So I, I guess that's technically four chunks. I kind of, yeah. But either way, you can like go the around... four pieces of the Triforce. Four pieces of the Triforce, because it's Hyrule Warriors, yes. It's the Hylian episode. Wait, yeah. Why <laughs> Why did you do that to me? I know uh, that, too. I, I, it's I, a triangle made of three triangles. I should be able to power, wisdom, courage. I know this stuff. I, I, guess I just the, immediately was the, like, oh, the, the Forgotten Centerpiece that got removed at some point? Oh, wait. The donut hole of the Triforce. I, I remember The reading, Triforce donut I remember reading somewhere, I think it was in the history, that there were planned to be four pieces. Haha. So I was just... Going back to I mean, the I could origins. just be making this up in my memory, but uh, it, I mean, well, it could be a thing. I don't know. I was just agreeing because I was trying to roll off your comment and incorporate it well, into then, the bigger then, thing. Then, then let's pretend I, I backpedaled a the little. Four, the four pieces of the... Planned Triforce? Of the, of the... Four turtles. The What? Four turtles? No, they come in four. I was thinking of things that come in four. Oh, Ninja Turtles. When you said turtles, I thought of turtles. What else would... I'd be talking about. I a turtle like the creep. Anyway, this episode of the podcast. Uh, once again, if you want to know any specific segment and where to find it and jump to it, you can use the timestamps at roundtown.com for episode eighty one. But with that said, let's talk about some things we don't have, but kind of actually want to have, and we will not have for a very long time, if ever. Um, North America news here in the U.S. has been kind of quiet these last few weeks. Nintendo's just hyping up Smash Bros. Understandably, all quiet on the so Western front. It's all quiet on the Western. Well, on this Western front, the other Western front of Europe and Australia and, and New Zealand, they've been getting some news. So while we haven't heard much, um, Australia and New Zealand, it turns out, are getting the new 3DS and the new 3DS XL this year, which is kind of surprising because a Nintendo said they weren't going to release it in the West whatsoever previously, and b and more of the point. They um, never do anything nice for Australia ever. This is very unusual. <laughs> so the new 3DS is launching in that region on November 21st, which is not so coincidentally the same day as the worldwide launch of Pokemon Auras. Oh. I don't know why I never called it that for short. I mean, I've seen people abbreviate it, but I never read as a word. Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, Auras. Has a ring to it. But, uh, yeah, the thing, the thing to me that's kind of interesting is just that suddenly Nintendo cares about Australia. They never used to care about Australia. Australia got the short end of the stick for everything. They didn't even get, like... You know how we got the Ninja Gaiden um, game at the Wii U launch? Ninja Gaiden sure, Sigma okay. Z, whatever it was. They got it two years later. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Australia really does get the short end of the stick. Maybe, so this is Nintendo's apology. I guess we should just never complain, everyone here at the States. Well, and, and with that said, we're not going to about how we should get it. Not that I, mean, no, uh, I mean, I guess we were spoiled at some point, but... Uh, well, we're a bigger market. Australia's a tiny market, yeah. which is why they don't get much. And it, I mean, for our fans down there, it kind of sucks. But from a financial perspective, it makes sense. Well, I mean, isn't Europe also a smaller market, and yet they get it's way a, much fa- Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's bigger. It's, it's, bigger. It's, much, it's closer to America than Australia. Well, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but I, think, I think in this case, like... I'm sure part of this is Nintendo is realizing that, wait a minute, 
we're in financial trouble, and we have these fans that are willing to buy our things, and yet we never give them our things to buy. So why don't we give them the things to buy, and then we'll make money off them? That might be part of it. Um, I mean, they're also... they did Economy their, 101? Yeah, basically. They did their first supply and demand. They did their... Or demand and supply, in this case. Uh, they did their first ever Australian Nintendo Direct. They have a new guy running Nintendo Australia, so they're turning over a new leaf down there. Although they already have Animal Crossing. Aha! 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 Anyway, yeah, so... Uh, no, but seriously, I think I think there's actually a little more to this than that. I've had this theory, I've shared it on the show before, but my theory is the, three, the new 3DS was going to be a worldwide launch this year, it's going to be a much bigger thing, it's going to launch with Smash Bros, and something went wrong, right? Um... Well, I now suspect... This this Australia thing always confirms that might be the case, because they're like, oh, we can't do a worldwide launch. We had error A, B, or C with the three, new 3DS. So we'll just launch it in Japan. Oh, hey, we managed to produce a few more. We were able to produce them faster than we thought, but it's not enough for America or Europe. Australia is a market that can take it. They, we have enough inventory. We might as well. That's my theory, is that it's they're just shifting around. They're reallocating their already limited supply when they realize it's not as limited as they thought. Who knows if that's true, but it's crazy that Australia is for the first time ever getting a system before it's Western buddies. Crikey. What it's not getting... You're waiting so long to say that. I... Yeah. You Tasmanian devil, you. No, that was horrible. Uh, I'm sorry. Grow some shrimp on the Barbie. Boomerang. Kangaroo. Koala. Down under. Anyway, uh, those are just random Australian things. Like Outback Steakhouse. Um, Bloomin' Onion. Anyway, uh, what I was going to say is what they aren't getting down there any earlier than the rest of us is Xenoblade Chronicles, the 3DS, the new 3DS port, which is 2015 worldwide, Australia and New Zealand included. Um, and actually, Xenoblade, it turns out, isn't the only game that is going to take advantage of the new 3DS. It's the first one that was announced, but we now know, well, obviously Smash Bros. will with the C-Stick, but we also recently learned that Shantae and the Pirate's Curse from Way Forward is going to be updated when the new 3DS comes to the States and they're going to use the C-Stick for what they're calling a quick select control scheme. No idea what that means. I'm assuming it's to switch between your powers with a flick in different directions, but that would they didn't say sense. Yeah, they didn't say it all. They just said they're already playing to support. So there you go. The first third-party game supporting the new 3DS in a unique way, opposed to just like CirclePad Pro support without the CirclePad Pro. Which is what, like, Monster Hunter is. Well, I mean, example. not every game is a third-person adventure game. No, I know. I'm just saying, this is the first example I mean, of a game specifically getting a new 3DS feature. Yeah. Besides Nintendo's own first party. Did I say third-person? I meant third-party. Well, no, you said um, getting a unique feature on, like, every other CirclePad Pro game. Oh, which every, just uses the... Yeah, because every CirclePad Pro game has been using it for a third-person camera. Right, right. Touche. And this yes. one can't even, because it's not even, yeah. Yeah. Can't even because it's not even. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you're, or Australia's getting that, so that's kind of like, oh, lame, I'm jealous. But it's good for them, good for them. Good job, Aussies. But uh, another thing to be jealous about here in the States is, while Europe isn't getting the new 3DS, they're getting their own custom 2DSs that actually look pretty awesome. Have you have you seen these? They're basically... I have, actually. I have. Oh, they look really cool, actually. They do. They're very throwback. So basically what they're getting is for Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, the new Pokemon. Um, as if I need to clarify that to anyone. Uh, they're doing retro throwback semi-transparent designs. So if you get Omega Ruby, you get a, you could get a bundle with a red 2DS that's transparent plastic. Like the Avalanche, whatever it was called. Avalanche Glacier? Was glacier. It glacier. Yeah. The Glacier Game Boy Advance. Or any number of Game Boy Colors. The oh, original yeah. Game Boy Color was the transparent thing. Or And if you get Alpha Sapphire, you get a blue transparent. 
But this was like all the rage in like the nineties. Yeah, like IMAX did it, I would MacBooks own one did it. If I wanted one, I don't yeah, know. it's, it's like if I if I were to ever get a two DS and these somehow were available to me, I would buy one of these because they're they're just such a cool like throwback. I I love that semi transparent. Yeah, I never they're... actually owned a semi transparent system, but I always thought they were like the coolest thing ever when I was a kid. Well, coolest I mean, thing ever, yo, ever, ever. Yeah, like those um transparent phones. Remember the the old phones. Mm-hmm. The cable. Mm-hmm. They come out in a lot of movies and yep. TV shows. Yeah. And then, of course, there are like the fantastic Nintendo 64s, which were transparent colored plastic, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, MacBooks, iMacs. Apple yeah. kind of kicked that off, actually. Well, not really kicked off, but they made it colorful. Because the transparent was always like a weird purple hue prior to that. I remember. Yeah. And you know what's weird, though? It's like it makes sense they're doing this for Ruby and Sapphire because those are now retro games, so they're doing a retro design. But the weird thing is, Game Boy Advance is now retro. It's now a retro system. Like, I remember having a Game Boy. This, we're, we're at the age where I... That didn't even feel like it was that long ago, honestly. I know. Because we're at the age... Like, when I was a kid and people were like, oh, I used to have a Super Nintendo... Like, when I, you know, when I was like 12 and people were like, oh, I had a... Not Super Nintendo, but like, I had an NES and I like used to play all these games that's so retro. I'd be like, oh, it's like a whole different lifetime. Like, that's crazy. But now it's just like, oh, it all blurs together. Like, once you're older, you realize retro isn't all that... It's crazy to be. Like it, it's cool to like have throwbacks, but it's not like the nostalgia trip that I was assuming everyone went on whenever they cracked open like something. Punch is, out. I feel like something is nostalgic when you aren't a really, like a really good fan of it. Yeah, like something that you really liked as a kid, and then you stop following for like a decade, and then like someone slap back. bracelets. Those bring this. <laughs> I was trying to think of a random. Yeah, like thing. I feel like I can't really be too nostalgic to Nintendo. a lot of Nintendo stuff, or even Ninja Turtle stuff, right? Or Transformers too. In your case, I don't know. Yeah, just because I'm like exposed to it all the time. You right. know, the old stuff. Yeah, like, same. Because yeah. it's like, like people are like, "Oh man!" Like I mean, we do the vid bits. We just did a vid bit, which you can find on Ramtown.com, by the way. Uh, we just did a vid yeah, bit. Power Rangers. When I found those old action figures in the garage and all that, that was nostalgic because I haven't watch anything beyond oh, yeah, the original yeah. Mighty Morphin. Which was the best because the Red Ranger name... Because we're biased and that's the what Red we Ranger first. name... The, no, it was the best because the Red, Red Ranger was Jason and I'm Jason. I am the Red Ranger minus all the rumors about what he did post-Power Rangers which we're not getting into here. Uh, <laughs> but no, Was that it? the Green Ranger? No, that was the Red Ranger. I don't know what any of them did except... The what rumor was, I guess we are getting into it. What happened to the Yellow Ranger? I guess we are getting into it. a little fatter, but... Right, I guess we are getting into it here. Apparently the Red Ranger went into porn. I don't know if that's true. That's a wives, no, 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 it's a wives no. tale, no, I feel That was like. the Green Ranger. No, it's Red Ranger. Is Red Ranger because... <laughs> see, this shows it's just a rumor. But I'm pretty sure it's Red Ranger. Cause, Red Ranger, cause I remember when I was like, I don't know, high school maybe, and I made some crack, but oh, I used to love the Ranger, Red Ranger. He was me, and they're like, you did porn? I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, it's probably not true, but who knows? Well, they're random. Random of Ram Nintendo. But no, what I was going to say is that, um, like, it's weird because, like, even when we do vidbits and we're, like, going back and revisiting Smash Bros. 64, like, if I was 14 and I was watching that video, which, by the way, you could check it out, the vidbit. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's, like, 20 minutes of us revisiting the original game. But anyway, uh, if I was 14 and watching that video, I'd be like, oh, man, I would have been cool playing that when I was growing up. Like, it's just, like, it must have been, like, so different. But now I look back and I was like, yeah, I, I played that. Uh-huh. That It happened. Yep. Like, I don't care. It's just like, yeah, that's Smash Bros. right there, yeah. But if you're, like, a kid looking back at something you never played, it just feels way more, like, retro. Oh, yeah, everything, yeah. 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 Also, the part of that might be because as you get older, your life feels, like, the years feel a lot shorter because you have more of them. So context changes. This is getting way off track. Point being, it's crazy that Game Boy Advance is retro, and it's cool that Nintendo's doing the 2DSs. Um, going hand-in-hand hand with that news, actually, now that I think about it, is apparently October 15th, mark your calendars, Europeans, 
October 15th is when Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire will be getting their demo in Europe. If, as you recall, last episode we mentioned how they're doing a special demo. You get a special Mega Pokemon and items that you can transfer to the final game. That's in Europe on October 15th, so I imagine Nintendo of America will do it around the same time here. Probably the same week or a week after. Oh. So, so draw a little Pokeball in your calendar. Because it may actually happen then. I don't know. A demo for Pokemon still seems kind of odd to me. That's... It is a little strange. Like... I don't know why it's necessary. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's demos for RPGs in general. Like, I never feel... But at like... least they're doing, like, unlike Pokemon... Well, I guess unless you just demo, like, a battle or something. Uh... Yeah, I mean, at least unlike Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, where they did the first ten minutes of the game and then cut it, the demo... At least this one's a custom build experience that's made to be played. That's pretty cool because then when you chunk. get the actual game, it picked Mystery, up. Yeah, it picked up where you left yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. And they did that. They've done that with other RPG demos. Dumpman does that. Yeah, yeah. Dumpman's the same as Mystery. Then Dungeon I guess that. Resident Evil did a really cool thing for 3DS where the it, demo had you start in one room and kind of like go through the story, like reverse engineered. Yeah, level. and then the actual game you start in the room that your partner was in. So yeah. you're doing it from the other point of view, which is kind of cool. See, and that's kind of what Nintendo's doing with the Pokemon demo, is you're getting ex- uh, experience you're not going to get in the game, and you get Pokemon you won't get in the game, at least not through normal means. Mm. So they are giving you a separate thing. It's almost I wouldn't be surprised if they dump you in and you're like, hey, here's your character. It's not who you are in the real game, but you're Pete, the great Pokemon trainer Pete, and you're on your fourth gym badge, and we're taking you down this secret mystery cave or something that you've never been to before. I don't know why I'm doing mystery caves. They've never been to before, and you're catching ten Zubats, and one's a Mega Zubat. And congrats, he's now in your game. It could be something like that, where, like, you know, they could just give you a specific mission as a specific, specific character that's not in the real game. Oh. Or something. I don't know. We'll find out October 15th-ish. Uh, but I, I, I guess... Um, so that's a lot of stuff that, <laughs> that Europe and Australia are getting. One thing we are getting that relates to 3DS, though, are the menu themes. We kind of touched on these previously uh, in earlier episodes, and basically you could customize how your 3DS menu looks. It's pretty straightforward, but we're now getting concrete information on how it's going to work, how much it's going to cost, what sort of themes we're looking at. Uh, in Japan... You mean they want my money? They want your money. It's going to cost $1 to $2 per theme. Ouch. Or 100 200 yen is what they've officially announced. One to two bucks. Um, and they have 38 themes already announced to come out at launch or shortly thereafter. And what's kind of cool, actually, is the themes aren't just, like, patterns and first-party stuff. They have got third-party themes as well. So there are ten different Azure Striker Gunvolt themes, for example. Ten. Because, you know, you need ten. Uh, there's a Monster Hunter theme. There's, a fi- I think, a Final Fantasy Curtain Call theme. There's, They're doing a theater rhythm, I are, Is Nintendo making these, or are third parties um, like, making their I think their the third theme? party's going to make them and then submit them to Nintendo, almost like they're submitting something to That's the eShop. cool, because then, yeah. yeah. It is pretty cool, and I mean, it's only, one or two bucks isn't huge, and they do completely, like, overhaul the look of the system. It's the icons. Well, let me rephrase. The it's the system icons. It's the folders. It's the background colors. It's the music. It's the sound effects. The one thing I will say is that, unfortunately, to me at least, personally, they look really bad, a lot of them. Not really bad, they just look so cluttered. I think part of the problem is, you know the icons along the top for, like, browser, Miiverse, friends list? They leave the drop shadow on them, which you have to do so you can tell them apart from the background. But, so you'll have, like, a bright pink Princess Peach theme, and then there's this weird gray bleh. Like, next to the icon. Because it doesn't fade out. It's not like it's a nice uh, gradient of a shadow. It's literally just, like... You know, remember in, like, the days of GIFs not being cool before they had their renaissance? Where, like, a GIF was, like, a really... Neo Cities or something? Yeah, Geo Cities. Yeah, Yeah, and, and, like, the outlines, you'd see, like, jagged pixels, like, white pixels. Like, it wouldn't be, like, a nice, clean transparency. There'd be, like, weird, like, pixelation around it, kind of. Like, just, like, clumps of pixels. 
that's kind of what those drop shadows look like. It just doesn't look good. I don't know why. And then some of them just look so cluttered because they have the icons on top of like giant, like elaborate scenes of things. It's just I don't know. It. I like stark design, so that might be part of it. But it just seemed extremely, extremely busy to me. Yeah, I, I have, have you looked through the themes? Do I? Some yeah, look nice, but I saw some, but I mean, I didn't see anything that made me want to buy it right mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I, I kind of like it to just be one solid color. If it, me too. Yeah, like kind of how it is now. Maybe just make the folders orange, kind of like I have them on the Wii U. That's about yeah. It. Yeah. Speaking of which, we aren't getting, we aren't getting um, this update with the new 3DS menu full themes until who knows? It, it's in October in Japan, sometime else in America. But what we are getting are folders. And we got them already for the Wii U. So it was a surprise, I guess for those who haven't heard about it yet, it was a surprise um, and somewhat major firmware update that completely overhauled a lot of stuff with the menu. Folders are now there. I know, about and you can customize time. them. Yeah, it took them two years. I don't years. want to have to go through like five pages to get to Netflix. I'm yeah. sure I could put on my first page. Well, actually, no, I couldn't. It was, all the icons were, all the icon spots were taken for like the first three pages. And after that, I had to like stagnate because I have to have like Virtual console games separated. Right. And symmetryized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're crazy about symmetry on your system, though, because you'll, like, do, like, it needs to be four icons in the middle with all blank around it for five pages or something like that. Like, it needs to be symmetrical. I know, I know. But anyway, so now you have it resolved. And what's actually kind of interesting to me is they, um, they also changed the home menu when you press the home button. It's completely inverted now. What was on top on bottom and bottom on top. You know what's funny? I, when the update happened and I pressed home yeah. i'm like i know it looks different dude but, jumped down me so but, but but i couldn't tell like what was different like at all like i had completely really? forgotten what it looked like. i had to watch a video yeah of how look you still look at it before i'm like oh wow it is completely different but i guess i don't know it, it just looked the same to me i guess yeah it's, the functionality it, didn't change at all they, well like, they reversed everything so now your notifications pop in from the bottom of the screen instead of the top and it's nothing major but I feel like it makes more sense for them to come up from the top. It does, because you read top to bottom, not bottom to top. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of... I don't know if I like the new layout. I like some parts. I like that it's unified a bit better. Like, every home screen guard of the game has them. Do they want me to not know that a friend is online so I could play with them? Yeah, they... Nintendo's all about playing with your friends? Nintendo's... No, Nintendo's... They realize the social thing is dead. Casual gaming's dead. They're going the other direction. They want you to be antisocial in a basement, no windows, in your underwear, playing Mario. With a bag full of Cheetos next to you. That's the Nintendo consumer today. No, it's it's not. But but yeah, that, it is kind of weird that they did that. Um, but hey, at least we have folders now. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, of course, fans are happy about that news. But um, I feel like the media kind of took advantage of it a little. Um, basically, Engadget. This guy, I'm getting my fanboy soapbox here. So Engadget reported the news. Not as, oh, hey, there's folders now, but they took this really sarcastic tone where they're like, you can organize your massive game library. And then went on to say things like, you know, Nintendo should hurry up and release Smash because there's nothing else to play on the system and you need to, you have nothing to use the folders for. And I mean, I get it. They're being a little snarky. Internet loves snark. That's fine. Such snark. But I feel like if you're talking about a system that has a folder for organizing games, maybe you don't take that tack. Maybe go the other way and say, like, it's great for some of the games you may not realize are on the Wii U and are worth playing, such as game A, B, and C. You know what I mean? Like, like if I was writing of. it... What? Which there are a lot of. Yeah, there's a ton. Like, we talk about them every two weeks. <laughs> but, like, you would think... I don't know. Like, if I if it was an opportunity to talk about folders, you might highlight why they're necessary, opposed to jokingly highlight why they're not necessary. Yeah. I mean, I get they're being snarky in the internet, less snark, but it kind of it kind of belittles. I, I, I kind of thought like 
using the Wii as a punching bag was kind of already dead out. Because I remember I hadn't seen that many articles just, like, straight up attacking the Wii U since, yeah. like, the launch year. Yeah. So, I, mean, I guess there was still some remnants. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it just, uh, it's very, um, I get, like I said, I get why they do it, but it just seems like kind of the wrong tact. If you're, like, a news organization reporting on it, it seems like kind of the wrong tact to be like, hey, uh, how about that Wii U? It has folders. We're using those for. And be like, hey, here's the Wii U. And, you know, you may, you may not have noticed, but in the last year, it kind of has some games now. That's how you report things. But that's okay. I mean, I'm being I'm being a bit fanboyish right now, obviously, but it just seems like kind of a weird, you know, going like, ha, no games, lols, doesn't seem quite as good as actually reporting on it. Um, well, I mean... How many games do you need to have in order to justify having a folder? I mean, if, I know some people... Well, I mean, I don't have that. No, I know. Actually, but... I have a fair amount, what am I saying? But I don't have very many virtual console. Like, anyone has, like, more than five virtual console games, a folder makes sense. I have a full page of virtual console games. There you go. But, uh, yeah, I feel like... It, I mean, there's enough on the Wii U. In fact, there's almost... You could argue there's almost too much on the Wii U. There's definitely enough on the eShop. Like, not even counting retail games, too. Yeah fill up a good number of people with like really good games too yeah, not but just the, like yeah. throwaway games oh totally I mean we talk about eShop games all the time on the show We've, I mean Stick It to the Man or Milo Shovel Knight and those are just like since you know the summer Yeah, those are only three I know I was gonna keep going and I realized I didn't have any off the top of my head there are <laughs> there are though um, yeah, Castle Storms Cranky there we go thank you we're up to five that's enough to get folder <laughs> by my definition from t- two seconds ago so we're good but uh, you know the problem with the eShop, though, and this is a good transition into, like, the, the ups and downs of the eShop, um, the second of our chunks, is that uh, there's almost too much. Like, not too much in terms of quantity, too much in terms of, like, variety, too much in terms of, like, Nintendo's opening the floodgates and saying, bring everything, we don't care whatsoever. Yeah, for every, like, one game that we gush about, there's, like, maybe three now that are, like, this made it through? Yeah, and then... Like, like what happened to Nintendo's, like feel of quality i mean that has been long gone but still yeah it's like, it then just became the nintendo like it, where this is legit seal yeah <laughs> like, this is a game it makes me wonder like did yeah i'm guessing like didn't like no one at nintendo like must have seen this game and go like yeah i want i want this to represent it's, the, it, the issue is they have unity and they have web frame the nintendo web framework which we spent forever talking about on the show and talk about how it's great anyone can make a game for the system you can make anything like so easy to port games over and the problem is now literally everyone is making anything they can think of for a system case in point game design students probably make way better oh games. yeah well nintendo puts out their game design students they do a showcase every year in japan they release five oh, yeah, didn't games they put that one bomb game or whatever yeah they never come to the states though. no i know but, that but yeah in japan money. they do five games on the eShop, and they you could download them and check them out and they're yeah, well some polished of the look like they were made in an hour i mean not like to well like, case to, in to point the people that make them but that's kind of what they look like i mean yeah i'm giving an honest impression no case in point i think i think we're at the tipping point right now because we have a game like this in existence then that game is meme run uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. For those who haven't seen the trailer, uh, which we do have linked to in the blog post for this episode, episode one at ramtown.com, so go there if you've got... You need to see this. It's You will get a headache watching 10 seconds of it. But basically, it's a rudimentary endless runner overrun with, like, internet stupidity. So you're, like, a stick... You're a stick figure with a troll face. That's the first warning flag. Well, the one I saw had you run as, um, a looping Snoop Dogg. Oh, we, we've seen different From the... Footage. If I recall... The Snoop from the Kirby video? Yeah, from the Kirby video. When the right. Like it's hot. Yes, to Cur- the Kirby remix. DJ uh, Kirby. Yep. I used that as... DJ Airsucker. What? I used that for an end credits once. Oh, you did? I remember the, the piercing. Oh, right, 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 right. 
But uh, no one knows what you're talking about. So yeah, obviously. Yeah. In, inside reference that we're going to sh- not share with any <laughs> of you. But no, it... Uh, so yeah, so you're whatever you are. Stick figure with a troll face, Snoop Dogg dancing to Kirby music. Take your pick. And you're going through the most like rudimentary like dodging thing. And as you're doing that, you know, there's random troll faces being thrown at you. There's, um, there's air, air horns, horns going on. There's, so. a, there's literally, it goes Illuminati at one point. There's, um, there's a, a sniper gun that shoots paint, like little pixel. What's supposed to be paint, but it's really just a guy with a paintbrush tool going like click, 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 click around. And there's and, clapping. I think they do, they say wombo combo. Or they do. And then, um, also it all looks like it was thrown together in Microsoft Paint. It's bad. Like, I don't usually like to like bash a game before it's out and I've played it but no this looks did you read the, the like story behind t- it yes so so I guess, like some guy and his brother made it for fun and then they're like hey let's put it on the Wii shop and... well no you skipped a part of the story they jokingly they put it out for free on the web or something and then they jokingly went to Miiverse where they already have a game apparently I don't know what the game is to be honest and they um said to the me to Miiverse, hey, look at this game. What do you guys think? And all the youngsters on Miiverse like, ha, 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 memes, yay! Because that's all the kids are into these days are those crazy memes and those gifts. Anyway, so they were all like, yeah, you should make it, like, jokingly. And they're like, okay, we're going to make it. It's a troll game. We are trolling the the eShop with this, but we're actually make it and put Better it on the eShop. Better review is going to be like, this is genius. Well, I've already seen comments on sites that are like, Oh my god, 10 out of 10, system seller right here. I mean, obviously they're king, but they're not helping not make this happen. <laughs> that was a double negative. They're not helping preventing this from happening. That's way too many inks, but... Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, this is just the embodiment of a bigger issue that's going on at the eShop right now. Because, like, I feel like we're at a race to the bottom at this point. Like, it used to be like, oh, hey, make a really good, high-quality indie game, and people will buy it and support it. You know, you could look at, like, Shovel Knight is a good example of that recently. And then you have on the flip side, you have this race to bomb where everyone's like, oh, whatever, I'll just release something. I mean, Spiky Walls. Oh it's Flappy God. Bird. Spiky Walls. It's Flappy Bird without... Here's the thing. There's, I used to think Flappy Bird a crappy... Well, if you can even call it that, yeah. I guess it's the lead-up to it. They would release an image of, like, a start button, and then they would release an image of a scoreboard, like, oh, my God, what is this thing? And then they would show a video. Oh, it's just Flappy Bird. And here's the thing. Flappy Bird, when it first came out, I criticized this graphic, saying they were too much of a Mario knockoff, like they're, re- you know, repurposed sprites. That looks like a freaking art piece compared to Spiky Walls. Like, Spiky Walls is literally, like, the same texture repeated 20 times over. And then there's that game Arrow where they didn't even bother making a the character. DDR Arrow goes on an adventure. Right now, see, that's kind of clever, but it looks really slapped together as well. Yeah, it's, um... I don't know. I feel like the... I, if I had to put a spectrum of games that look bad and probably are bad to yeah. probably look bad and are probably good... Right, right. On the furthest end, I would probably put, um, on the good side, I guess, maybe, because I haven't played it, um, mm-hmm. Cloudberry Kingdom. I feel like that game looked very, like, slapped together. Just but compared to, to this stuff. No, no, yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, you, but you know, like, okay, they had, like, I don't know, there's probably way more thought put into it. Yeah. And a lot more time. Like, you can kind of tell what the production value is, just the way it looks. And also, it, uh, had Ramage Array level, so it needed that slapped together look a little. Yeah. But yeah. it made sense in context. Yeah, you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, this one is just... Bad. Uh, yeah, just... And again, I don't like bashing games without playing them, but it's just like, we're getting to the point where these are like the worst of the... F- Remember when Flash the sp- games I mean, were... watching big- the Spiky Walls trailer, you literally get 
the gist of the entire game in the first ten seconds. You also gouge your eyes out against your will about two seconds. You've in. already you can't help it. You you you're, you're impulsively just grab a sharp object and you never want to say you saw everything there literally is to see in the entire game after like. 10 seconds of footage. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, like, this, we're, we're getting to the point where they're like, remember when Flash games were huge, like, addictinggames.com, when we were, like, in high school, like, mid 2000s? Um, we went to Mini Clip. Same difference. Or Newgrounds, any of those. Point being, those games, they had a huge spectrum. There were some that were super well made. There were some that had an aesthetic which was purposely, like, crappy hand drawn, but still were really, like, actual games. And then there were some that just sucked. The eShop is turning into Newgrounds or Mini Clip or Addicting Games. It's like you have the really good, the really bad, and they're all just kind of interspersed. And the problem is if you're like looking for something, if you're just a casual user and you're like, I'm going to browse what's new on the eShop, you're going to see like Spiky Walls, Meme Run, Arrow, and you're going to not test. see IQ Test, and you're not, which got really mediocre reviews, and you're not going to see Armillo, Shovel Knight, Stick It to the Man, uh, Scram Kitty, Dog Get Buried. I didn't know that Rhythm game even came out. Oh yeah, the one from uh, Zen Studios. Yeah, yeah. You, what was what was it called? Rhythm Fighter. Rhythm, no, it's not <laughs> it wasn't. But it's yeah, I know what you're talking but, about. But like, it caught my attention. I'm like, oh, it's a rhythm game, and I didn't know this See, existed. Because for some reason, like, all and, the and I go to the eShop a lot just to window shop sometimes. Yeah, and, and you I miss it, it because it gets buried by all this, quite frankly, crap. <laughs> Which again, I don't like judging games without playing them. But like, it's just like they're Nintendo's approach. They they smartly okay when we wear didn't work out very well they took a very like laissez-faire hands-off approach they're like you know what every we want everything we need to beef up our library we will take every little thing now i think they're reaching a point where they need to go we are taking a little too much of everything let's have some sort of check system because i feel like this is not an issue on psn right I know it's an issue on Steam because Steam has the same whatever you want policy. Yeah, I usually don't really see too much of that, too much of that on PSN. Right, like I, I know you like... definitely get some of that on Xbox 360 on the Xbox. I oh well, that's because you can upload your own through, oh, yeah. uh, through uh, what was it called? Xbox. Yeah, but Steam something. is usually the worst offender for that. Yeah, because Steam is a, Steam, Nintendo. Smartly took the Steam approach of letting anyone develop, but the problem is it has all the downfalls of the Steam approach, meaning this influx of ridiculousness. And the, and the thing that, like, kind of annoys me is, like, remember the video game? Cr- well, you don't, we weren't alive. You know the video game crash? Oh, Af- yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, after E.T. came out and there's so many crappy games that people are like, I give up on video games. Nintendo came up with the seal of quality, as you kind of pointed out earlier, Jose, as a way to address that. To say, hey, you're guaranteed to have a good game. When you see the Nintendo name, when you see, uh, when you're on our system, you're guaranteed to get a game that's at least decent. And yet, there were, I mean, there were still... Bad games then too, right, but, but still, they were still games. They were still like a full package. That's true. You still got that something. That is true. That is true. The eShop, if they're not careful, they're going to dilute the brand because they don't have that quality thing any anymore. Like I mean, they especially when the eShop is the place you're turning to because there aren't that many retail games coming yeah. out so often. So if Nintendo were to go like, "Hey, uh, you should." If Nintendo were to go, hey, you should go get our, you know, latest game on the eShop. Check out Super Smash Bros. on the eShop at midnight. And you go on at 20 to midnight and you're a new 3DS owner that's downloading Smash Bros. And you're super psyched. And you can't wait. And you're sitting there like, I have 20 minutes. I'm going to browse. You're going to see all these bad games before you see one good one. And that's not, and that's going to taint your experience. If you're not someone that's well-versed in what's good for Nintendo. You know, if you're a casual guy that just got it for Smash Bros. And is now curious what's out there. So it kind of it kind of hurts them more than it helps. And, like, a whole nother wrinkle in this entire situation is we're getting knockoff games, which are admirable ideas, just I don't know if it's the best execution. And what I mean is, like, you know, there's a lot of games that aren't on Nintendo systems 
especially Wii U. I think Wii U are well aware of that. And now other developers are like, oh, well, I could fill the void. I'm an indie dev that likes that genre. Let me try. And that's not necessarily I'm not knocking the games themselves. It doesn't mean they're bad games, but it sets a weird... I feel like it sets a weird reputation for each other. Like, for example, um, now that Minecraft is owned by Microsoft, uh, which is, by the way, insane. We never really talked about this on the show because Minecraft isn't directly related to Nintendo, but how crazy is that that Microsoft just bought, like, the biggest game franchise in the world right now? And it's just like, yep. Yeah, we now own it. We're gonna keep supporting it on PlayStation and Android and iOS. It's not like something big is purchased every like couple months. No. These days, everything's a multi-billion-dollar purchase. Yeah, I mean, Amazon just bought Twitch, Twitch for a billion. Uh, yeah, and I mean, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's becoming more common thing. I'm trying to think of some other examples. They're all in the tech world now, but well, you know, like I mean, the buyouts of various sites by other sites are like. Instagram for a billion bucks about a year ago. Oculus Rift being bought by Facebook yeah. for three billion. Like it's Some it's crazy. Amount. But but yeah, so um the Minecraft thing just strikes me as so weird because like I feel like it peaked. Damn. And they bought like, it it's like, not... right after it came out on Sony or maybe they had to wait for it to release on PS4? No, that they, they said they're going to keep supporting it. They don't really oh. care that much. Because uh, it's going to make a money. Here's That's the thing. Money, Microsoft, money. we're going to take a tr- crazy tangent. Microsoft has a new CEO uh, and he has a totally different strategy for the company where it's not so much about their hardware or their platform. Their platform is no longer their hardware. Their platform is now the cloud. His attitude is whatever gets more people to have a Microsoft ID and sign into that and use our services, we want. Minecraft, I guarantee you, within a year is going to require a Microsoft ID to use, a Microsoft sign-in. Because Damn. at the end of the day, then you're in the Microsoft ecosystem. Once you're in the Microsoft ecosystem, they can start pushing other things to you. That's why within like a couple months of him becoming CEO, Office was available for iPad for the first time ever. Like previously, Microsoft's like, no, 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 you need a Surface tablet. If you want to use Microsoft, they, that was a whole ad campaign. If you want to buy, if you want Surface, to, uh, or sorry, if you want Office on a touchscreen, you need to get a Surface. And then like he becomes CEO and two months later, like, or here's one for your iPad. So, yeah, it's this is a power play to get more people in the Microsoft ecosystem, I feel like. But the thing is, like, the game kind of peaked. I mean, it's, it's still the most popular thing ever, I'm sure, but how much more popular can it get? It's gonna, it might be a longevity thing. It might be like Pokemon where it never gets old, but I don't know if it's going to get bigger and if, what their goals are in terms of how big they want it to be. Well, I mean... Because everyone plays it. Yeah, I mean, like, once like, you get everyone that wants to play it playing it, I mean, where do you go from there? Right, because do you remember... You make a sequel, I guess, and you have them buy that. Do you remember um, when Angry Birds was the hot thing that all kids were into? It wasn't uh-huh. that long ago. They're still into it, but it wasn't that long ago that was what Minecraft is today, right? Like a year or two, maybe? Yeah. Rovio just announced today, today being the day we're recording well, I feel this. Like, well, I feel like Minecraft peaked a little while ago. Oh, well, there I you go. I haven't really heard much about it in the last, like, maybe half year. Well, that proves my point even more, because Angry Birds was before that, right? In terms of... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing about Angry Birds. Rovio, the people that make Angry Birds, well, one, they just announced a movie. Which is like all SNL people, so now I'm suddenly interested because I'm a huge SNL oh, But two, Rovio just laid off 130 people. Like, just announced 130 people because sales are down. Oh. Like, you can't... Remember Candy Crush? That uh, game, Candy Crush? Yeah, the, 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 the company, King, King Inc., or whatever their name is, decided to make an IPO. Then Candy Crush stopped being, popu- stopped being popular, and now their stock is tanking. Remember Draw Something? By a company called OMG Pop? Uh, Words of Friends bought them. Had to delete that or game. Zynga bought them, I should say. Zynga bought them, and then suddenly everyone stopped playing it. Not because of Zynga, just because people moved on. And it was a big hole in their pocket. They did not make their money back anywhere near. They paid like $24 million for it, and they made Whoa. nothing back. They tried doing a sequel, no one cared. Like, that's... I feel like we're in such a like fast turnaround thing. Like, I don't know if Minecraft is going to be a worthwhile oh. purchase. 
But regardless, what I was going to say is, going back to the eShop, uh, or were you going to say something about Minecraft? You started to say, well, and then I cut you off. So. Oh, no, I was just about to draw something. Like, I guess um, when that last update for the iPhone came out, I only had enough room to keep one game. Oh, iOS 8, you mean? Yeah, iOS 8. And I deleted all my games, including Draw Something. I just felt like, oh, I can't really see myself playing it much. We used I to barely... play, and then I just stopped. Yeah. I like, got over it. And then there was, like, another friend that was really good at always sending me drawing, but I guess I was never really too motivated. I just sent it once in a while. Mm-hmm. So the only game I kept was um, Giant Boulder of Doom. Just can't really get bored of that game. <laughs> oh, there's another example. Temple Run. Remember when Temple Run was, like, yeah, the hot thing? I, I was into that for a while, and then I, then I just stopped. That's... That's the thing with all these, like, well, bite-sized games, well, I mean, you I get got, over it. I mean, I, I got a ridiculously high score in Temple Run, and then after that, I could never reach that score again, and I was just like, well, and you're I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. Right, so you just deleted it from I mean, your phone. I mean, I mean, the game doesn't end, so it's kind of like, all right, I guess I have to kind of pick my own ending. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but the whole reason I brought Minecraft, going back to the eShop thing, so we were saying that just as a refresher, because it's been like five minutes, so people might have forgotten. We were saying how, like, the eShop, like, there's, it's a little too free right now. And another wrinkle on that is the fact that developers are trying to fill a void for games that we don't have, like Minecraft. So what's happening now is we have two different companies making two different Minecraft-inspired games that are literally just knockoffs of Minecraft. On Wii U, it's called Ucraft, and it's they're not even trying to hide it. I mean... They say it's inspired by Minecraft, and I use that in qu- so like air a, quotes. So it's inspired. like a Mighty Number Nine syndrome. No, it's like because that's not even, that's the same person. If no, Notch was making Ucraft, then sure. No, no yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a. Um, I think more along the lines of like I can't. Think we can't get our own version of this. So I'm making it. Yeah, it, it's exactly. Oh yeah, in that regard, yeah. Basically, they're saying like, oh yeah, Wii U doesn't have Minecraft, so we're gonna make one, and we're gonna call it Ucraft, and it's not gonna look as good graphically, which is understandable. They're an indie dev, uh, but so is. Did he do it by yeah, himself? He did, but so. it's been built upon from there. From there, originally it was, you know, not as great yeah. looking. But um, I haven't really drink that much. That's true. But the what I was gonna say is, so they're saying like, yeah, we're gonna make this game, and it's gonna be just like Minecraft. It's gonna be on the Wii U, and it's gonna be great. It's gonna be out by Christmas. There is no way this indie de- developer is gonna make a good quality Minecraft copycat by Christmas. Well, I mean, they just if, released if they really their last convert- game in July or I mean, something. I mean, if they started off kind of like how the original Minecraft started. Like, we're just kind of but exploring that. Oh. It. Like, yeah. that kind of updated as you go. Because, I mean, when I was really into Minecraft, was there was early. really nothing much to it at all. Like, there was, like, maybe, I don't know, 25% of the game now is probably all that was the original Minecraft. Right. But you knew that <laughs> and, going in, and it was free. This is going to cost money. No, it was, for, it was 40 bucks, too. Was it? I thought the alpha was free. Weren't you playing the alpha? No, I, I, got, I, I got the beta. Because the alpha uh, just lets you create whatever you want, and kind of, and that's right, it. Right. The beta actually lets you play survival mode and play with other people and go into servers. And oh, okay, okay. See, I'm not that well-versed in Minecraft. All I know is this one. They're and, somehow claiming they're going to have a game done by Christmas that's like Minecraft. And, and the thing is, their last game was called... Uh, it's from a developer called uh, Nexus Games. Their last game was called Brick Blast. It was a puzzle game did not do so well in the review department, so I don't have a lot of faith in this one. But who knows? Maybe they'll pull out a surprise. But on the 3DS, separately, there's also a Minecraft-inspired game coming out called uh, Battle Miner, which is... You, tell me if you've heard this one before. You're in a blocky world, and you're mining for all sorts of objects, but there's also these creatures that come at you, so you got to fight them off. But instead of being blocky night creatures of the... I was about to say creatures of the night, but that sounds wrong. Uh, instead of being blocky nocturnal foes... They're giant ants that aren't even blocks. 
that's their unique spin on it. But like the point being, the reason I'm even bringing either of these up is, let's say you're a new guy who's about like a new guy to the world of Nintendo, and you're browsing the eShop or you're looking at Nintendo.com, and you're like, "What games are there for Wii U? I might get one." Oh, Minecraft! I love Minecraft. Cookie clack, type on keyboard. Type in Minecraft, out pops UCraft and Battle Miner, and you're like, "Really? Nintendo has knockoffs like that?" Plus seeing Meme Run, plus seeing Spiky Walls, plus seeing Arrow, plus seeing you know any number of these games. That leaves a bad taste in your mouth, I feel like, right? Like that, you can't possibly see, you can't possibly be looking for something like Minecraft and see a knockoff and go, oh, well, clearly this is the right choice. Like, I need to get this step for this fake Minecraft. Or am I, cra- I'm not crazy for thinking this, right? Like, it is going to hurt Nintendo in a way, isn't it? Mm, a lot. It Maybe. just seems like, um, I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know, it can't, it goes back to the whole diluting the eShop brand. Like, if you have all this stuff, like, people go to the eShop expecting to get what they get on competing systems, along with Nintendo exclusives. So if you instead give them these, like, Chinese knockoff... If you're going to what you... It's like, okay, I'm going to go to the Apple store and buy an iPhone. But actually, you know what? Let me see what Mac Mall has. Mac Mall's a competitor. So let's say I go to Mac Mall. And let, they don't actually do this. But let's say I walk in, and instead of having iPhones and MacBooks, they have, like, Chinese knockoffs. They're basically the same, but also kind of different. You're not going to be like, oh, this is clearly the place I should buy my phone. You're probably going to go back to where they have real iPhones. Unless yeah, you really want a Chinese the, knockoff. You're probably also going to pay the extra just because you know it's... Yeah, because you know yeah. it's legit and it's what you're looking for. Opposed to a thing where it's kind of a gamble and a crapshoot if it will be what you want. So that, that I think, is what's wrong with the eShop right now. And then you also have the issue... And these are all indie issues. Because major publishers, they put most of their games on. But you also do have an issue where like major publishers are not putting anything beyond their core games on there. For example... Uh, Ubisoft has Watch Dogs. And yes, Watch Dogs is still coming to the Wii U that third week of November. And yes, it will probably be on the eShop because all their other games are, but you know what won't be there? But if you go to PSN or Xbox, is there? DLC. Ubisoft has confirmed that they're not going to have any DLC So for uh, Wii U, which I guess makes sense if you stop and think about the fact that um, they this is their last mature... They have said on record this is the last mature game they're releasing for Wii U. And their other, you know, they've had sketchy DLC in the past in terms of, like, reliability of it actually coming out. So it shouldn't be shocking that they're not doing DLC, but still, if you're a casual Joe Gamer again, and you're looking through the eShop to sign if you want Wii U, and you're like, oh, cool, Watch Dogs, they have the Bad Blood DLC? No, they do not. Okay, why would I get this over a PS4? Hmm. Unless you really, really, really want a Nintendo game, which, of course, is motivation enough for most people that do end up buying one. But just doesn't do... I guess a parent would be a better example. If a parent was looking, going, like, should I buy Little Timmy... PS4 or Wii U. Little Timmy. Little Timmy. Like, if they are looking to do a comparison one-to-one thing, so far Nintendo's zero for two with Minecraft and with Watch Dogs DLC. And this, you know, this is just an example of a bigger issue. It's not, like, only Minecraft. So, that's my two cents on the eShop's problems. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not to say there aren't good things on the eShop, because, I mean, far from it. We've covered a lot of the good things. We mentioned them by name multiple times this episode. Plus, Nintendo's doing stuff on the eShop, not just their own first-party games, but DLC is their newest thing that they're doing, and they're doing it pretty well. I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about Mario Kart's getting a DLC pack, and Hyrule Warriors getting a DLC pack, and we now know a bit more about those packs. So, um, the Mario Kart 8 DLC, to start off with, uh, this is coming in November, and this is the one we've talked about before, where it comes with, like, uh, Link as a playable character, and the Blue Fra- Falcon as a cart. The Blue Falcon? The Blue Falcon as a cart. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger now, apparently. The Blue Falcon. I can't do it. Get to the chopper of the Blue Falcon. Uh, 
Yeah, and now we know it's also coming with a iconic cart. You might not know the name of it, but you definitely know what it looks like. The B Dasher. If and if you've seen the box art for Mario Kart DS, that car that Mario's stylistically jumping into, that's this cart, and it's a pretty speedy little hot rod. I think it's also in Mario Kart Seven. It you might unlock it. I think yeah, I think you unlock it. It's kind of like an iconic thing for the Mario Kart series now because it was on the box when Mario's being all badass jumping into his cart. But uh, yeah, so now it's gonna be part of the DLC here, and Nintendo thinks it's a big deal. They released a minute and a half trailer just showing off the cart, which seems excessive. But uh, so that's coming. So that's why, like, that's just part of a you know bigger initiative that Nintendo's doing to show the eShop has some valuable stuff. And before we get that, we have the the first Hyrule Warriors DLC, which we've also touched on before. It's the Master Quest Pack. Comes out October sixteenth. We now know. And we learned a bit about what it contains. Previously, we just knew, oh, it has a couple character costumes, and it has a couple stages, and some weapons. Well, we now know the character costumes are actually really cool references to Zelda games that aren't really in Hyrule Warriors. Majora's Mask, one of the costumes is, for example, uh, Rudo dresses the Indiegogo lead singer from the Zora Band and Majora's Mask. And then there's also a costume for Zelda, where she basically turns into Hilda of A Link Between Worlds. Well, Which is kind of neat. Like, they just swap out her palette completely. Her hair. Her hair and her dress. It's in her, And the upside-down Triforce and all that jazz. Yeah. So, it's a cool It's cool that they're, you know, branching out to include as much fan service as possible. Coolest, though, by far, of this pack um, is the new weapon, which is a horse. Epona is now a weapon. Uh, a weaponized horse. So, you, I, from my understanding, you select her like you would select a weapon like oh i'm gonna use the fire rod or i'm gonna use opona and then you just mow over enemies and kick them and hoove them hoove into them and all sorts of stuff and neigh at them and whinny at them and i remember seeing spit carrots at them there's definitely rideable horses and dynasty warriors but i don't know if they're quite weaponized to this extent yeah i mean the way that it's been described in the press is that this is like a full-on weapon more than just a horse you yeah. ride because yeah i mean i think the horses when you ride them in past dynasty warriors were treated more like characters so it's like you had your character on a horse and has like a single unit character. But this is like a weapon opposed to a character or something. But also to go with the Master Quest pack theme, they're adding a new adventure map. We'll talk all about Hyrule Warriors and what this like adventure map is uh, a little later in the show. But they're adding a new adventure map that's inspired by Master Quest in that you won't be able... It's harder. So you won't be able to use um, your items and you won't be able to regenerate health. Like you won't be able to use new items. You'll only have your weapon and you just go through and try and kill as much as you can and last as long as you can. And Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's coming out pretty soon, and they're doing subscriptions for both. Uh, so, like that, like I said, that's kind of an example of like the eShop doing something right. I mean, DLC you could argue isn't the best thing in the world, but at least Nintendo is like showing additional content on there. So people are like, oh, what does Nintendo have? Oh, what can you do once you have the game? There's actually like backlog of things you can do. So that's kind of nice. Of course, one thing that we don't know is if Smash Bros. will have DLC, but signs are starting to port, point to it having it. So yeah, I mean, um, Nintendo can kind of force DLC onto that game even if Sakurai doesn't want to, right? Yeah, but they're not going to compromise his vision that much because he has to develop it all. Oh, yeah. But and plus, he's really good friends with Iwata. Oh, yeah. I seriously doubt yeah, he Nintendo will go behind like, his back. Yeah, he just made it kind of clear that he does. He's not a fan of it and that he doesn't plan to. Well, he's not a fan of how DLC is implemented in other oh, well, fighting okay. games. Doesn't mean he can. He might not do it. Because here's the thing: some people, some crafty gamer folk, discover basically hacked apart. Not literally, but figuratively hacked apart the uh, ROM for the Japanese 3DS version of Smash Bros. And they found all sorts of references to uh, DLC. For example, there's a line, there's like a pop-up message that says, like, you'll need to update your software before being able to access the in-game shop. What in-game shop? There is no in-game shop currently. Or another one is, um, 
there's a menu option that's not currently accessible, but in the code that lets you view downloaded stages exclusively. Only, like, filter to only download stages. And here's the thing. Doesn't necessarily mean well, here's the developer th- creator could mean user Here's the thing. There is no user-created stages could be in added this later. version. It could be added later, but then what's the in-game shop for? Mm-hmm. Like, there's all sorts of weird, like, oh, it could be that. Maybe it isn't. It could be an in-game shop that you spend Smash Coins in. You don't know. We don't know. But why would it need a software update? And then maybe it is they're going to do custom stages. Maybe they'll roll that out after the Wii U version. But it's starting to sound like there will be some sort of DLC. Or this is leftover code that they're not going to use. Um, but let's just say, hypothetically, they are doing DLC. Who would we actually want to see at this point? Would we want... like? I don't know if I necessarily would want them to just keep bringing back old characters. I know everyone on the I internet is like, Mewtwo and Honestly, Wolf. I would prefer them to just... Add more costumes. I think that's all I would really care about. Well, if they do the costumes from that Japanese 3DS commercial, that'd be pretty awesome. Speaking of, uh, have you seen that Japanese 3DS commercial? Yeah. It, we'll divert for Smash Bros. for a minute, because this is... Okay, so in Japan, this is just it's such a great ad. In Japan, Nintendo is promoting the custom how customizable the 3DS is. You know, you have the faceplates, you have the menu themes like we talked about earlier. So to do it, they brought on a Japanese pop star who's really well known for her mismatched fashion sense. Like, she does a lot of weird, like, chunks of different clothing on one dress, that sort of thing. Her name is, I'm gonna butcher this, uh, Kiari Pamu Pamu Pamu, or Pamu Pamu, or something like that. And she, she in many ways, based, I watched a couple of her music videos, and she's basically Japan's Lady Gaga. Like, she's totally weird and wacky. And they got her to basically... <laughs> the commercial is her meeting all these Nintendo people, you know, Link, Mario, Kirby, Pikachu, and giving them these crazy instant makeovers that look a lot like how she dresses. So Mario's now in shorts and, like, a baseball cap, and Luigi's wearing a beanie and, like, uh, shorts as well, actually. Bowser's a hipster. Bowser's a hipster with, like, nerd glasses and wispy, like, Macklemore haircut-style hair, and, uh, you know, she's a sailor, and Kirby becomes a girl. Well, Kirby and, becomes her. I know, Kirby becomes and her. And then he uses her power on yeah. her. Which makes, makes no her, sense. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, Pikachu is, I don't even know, a samurai? I don't know what Pikachu turns into. And Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong gets uh, tie-dyed fur. Yeah, Link turns into Willy Wonka. Link, Link turns into either Willy Wonka or a pimp without his pimp cane. Take your pick. But he, Link is my favorite. He has a top hat, he gets a suit. The top hat has, has like, a Triforce button on it. It's Oh, it's so great. Uh, so if those became... Oh, if you haven't seen the commercial, let's start there. If you haven't seen the commercial, we link to it at ramtown.com in the blog post for this episode. I highly recommend it. Two reasons. One, the characters are great. Two, the song is super catchy. And three, the characters are great. It, they get two two bullet points. They're not good. But it's just like such a crazy commercial. And, um... Oh, and Samus is there. My favorite Samus, because Samus has nothing. Like, in the, in the group shot, they do a group shot of all the characters, and Samus is just like off to the side... She's in, like, basically her Vera suit, but with, like, some splotches of paint on it, and she just looks not amused. She does not want to be there. She's like, what is happening? Like, she just, like, all of them are like, yay, we're crazy looking now, because we're customized, like, the new 3DS. And then she's just like, I, I, I will have none of this. It's also interesting that Isabelle's now in the... Like a mascot. It, yeah, is now a mascot. Like, that's kind of... I mean, it's it's sort of... We, you could kind of see it coming. Like, Isabelle was in, um... You know, she's a a playable character in the second DLC pack for Mario Kart in May. She is a costume you can get in Monster Hunter 4 as part of the Nintendo crossover. And now she's in this commercial. Animal Crossing never really had a sole mascot. But Isabel, I guess, resonated really well. And now she is. She's one of the big players. She's an A-list Nintendo character now. Good for her. She deserves it. Yep. But yeah, so um, the commercial's nuts. Every dog has his day. Every dog has his day. 
So, uh, so, and KK's day is apparently over, now it's Isabel's turn. Because KK Slider used to be the closest thing they had to a mascot for Animal Crossing. And yeah. even then, well, he wasn't Tom as Luke prevalent. Was, yeah, Tom Nook was more embraced. Yeah, it's weird because like, they were both pretty heavily used by Nintendo, but there was no like, soul yeah. Isabel equivalent. But, uh, yeah, but back to Smash Bros. So if they did those costumes, especially Pimp Link, I would be on board. I would exclusively play as Toon Link instead of only mostly playing as Toon Link. I almost feel like they probably will do costumes because they, they need oh, like, to, right? Because overall, I feel like I feel like they tried really hard for some of them, and for other ones, they kind of just right. like phoned it in. I mean, like they didn't even like I don't know. I, I keep coming back to just because I, I don't know, it just bothers me so much personally mm-hmm. that they didn't do shinies for any of the Pokemon. Like, right. how hard is it to just make Lucario yellow? I mean, just make him yellow. Like, ask, just, ask, soc- uh, ask just, like, Monster Hero Sakurai. He's like, the no, master. Let, let, let's get, like, three more shades of blue, because we need more shades of blue. Yeah. I mean, why? Not enough blue. Like, they have a black Charizard, but they don't have him um, with the red inside of the wings. Like, they, was, you know they're doing it just they, to they, annoy they, you, right? Like, they were so close. You know they're know. doing it to annoy you. Like, Sakurai is sitting there writing his daily Miiverse posts, and being <laughs> a troll, and then goes... Oh, right. How can I annoy Jose today? And he goes to the developer and goes, Ooh, there's red on the inside? No, 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 no. Change it to purple just to piss him off. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening yeah, every it, day. You're that important. And then he'll post other things for her. Like, look how much like attention to detail that we made this Pokemon move just like it is in the game. But it's totally the wrong color. <laughs> but then let's take this other Pokemon move and make it not work anything like the game. Right. So. It, they, they, they cherry pick. But we I mean, I, mean I, I kind of forget everything just because they gave Charizard the actual seismic toss. So I'm like, okay. After all that complaint, well, he has seismic toss. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I didn't expect him to do that, and that's like such a crazy cool like nod to the cartoon. I mean, it's seismic toss. Yeah, it. yeah, no, I, I know, I know. He did on Magmar. It was so cool in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It yeah. was early on. Yeah, just like the TV show in the game. Just like the TV show. Yeah. Omg, except he doesn't say his name. Well, he doesn't say it in the TV show either. I guess. Yeah, they both roar. Mm-hmm. They Charizard. Well, he kind of roars. You could argue he roars Zard. Or like, Char... I actually think he doesn't. I like think he does. Just to annoy you. Annoy Me you. and Sakurai are plying against you at all times. If you didn't know. But no, oh. so, okay, so costumes are probably the most likely DLC. But if we were... If they were to add characters... Like, would you prefer... I don't know if I even would want... Everyone's like, oh, Mewtwo and Wolf. I would kind of want new ones. Like, I feel like if you really want to play those characters, go back and play them. You already have them in other games. I know I'm going to annoy so many people by saying that, but... Well, yeah, I mean, it's only that because it's like, oh, I want to be able to play in this game against these new characters. I mean, it always sucks to lose a character that you main. You can't say... We can't say that because we didn't lose anyone. That's true. I mean, I could care less what new characters they add or whether they're old ones just because, like, I'm just going to use Bowser anyway. Right, right. But, I don't know. I mean... I mean, I... I, I, At this point, I think that goes for any of the stages that they could... I don't know. Well, no. They need to add more stages. They need to do whatever. They need to add more stages. I mean... I feel like the stages... I mean... I, the stage count is definitely smaller in this one than it was in Brawl. Significantly. Maybe the Wii U one will fix that, but I mean, the I 3DS feel, stage count is like 30 versus 41. I think That's because a it's a 3DS difference. game, I feel satisfied with 30. If anything, to me, 30 feels like a lot. It might actually be 34. Especially because I'm just going to be playing the Final Destination form of all of them, so it's like... Right. I guess because I don't play competitively and I like seeing all the spectacle of each stage... I'd rather have more. Even then, I still feel like... Yeah, I mean, we haven't played it that much, so we can't really say it yet, but... Yeah. yeah. Uh, one, but, you know, one, you know the rumor of the Chorus Men being a playable character, possibly, as DLC? I think we can shoot that down, officially. I think that's never going to happen. And the reason I think that is, uh, Sakurai was saying why, like, Ice Climbers are out, 
and why, well, we knew why Ice Carter dropped, but he was talking about why Zelda and Sheik were split and Samus and Zero Samus in his Famitsu article. Every like other issue of Famitsu in Japan, he does uh, like an editorial and he talks about this stuff. And Ice Climbers, as you may recall, were taken out because the 3DS couldn't handle two characters at once. Turns yeah. out, the 3DS can't even handle one character split in two with only one of them appearing at a one moment. The reason that we have it's funny, cause Sheik that and Zelda up... separate, yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say because like that changing of like getting rid of transformation characters. I feel actually benefits oh, me the too. characters. Like, so is Sakurai. He was saying that's great because you now can have tactics for each character. You don't have to worry about like, oh, I have to switch into them. Or like for newer players, they it's also less have confusing. a down B now. Right, the they part. both have a down B. Yeah, but I mean like, if you're just going to play the game casually and you obviously don't care and just going to play from time to time, I could see it being like, oh, that's awesome because Zelda's transforming just like in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean like, I don't see why... Spoiler alert for those who have never played Ocarina of oh. Time and or Hyrule Warriors where it's also a secret who Sheik is. At oh least my the god. Beginning. I mean, it's a tongue-in-cheek one. Like, yeah. Dark, we got find the princess, and she's like, she's okay. And they're like, how do you know? And you're just saying, they're like, because it's... Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't see, like, a casual... Well, like, anyone who's been the game casually would care. Like, it, it yeah. doesn't make sense for them to care. Right, right. But, yeah, I guess if you want to play the game beyond that, yeah, it definitely makes sense to separate them. Yeah, and I mean, and also for newer players, it de-clouds a sort of mystery around, like, what, how to use each character. Because yeah. it's not like you're like, Oh wait, not this other person. Like for beginners, it's just like not here's that, but a like, character A, his character. B. Like everyone, like people are different. Like they're not gonna like how every character plays. Like and Sheik and Zelda were completely opposite oh, to the character. Yeah, yeah. Like I hate playing as Sheik. Like I when I play as Sheik, I don't even have much fun. Just I don't know. I just don't like playing as Sheik. Well, Sheik's just but, like, but Sheik just fun. like darts around, and Zelda's a little more. Yeah, like, but I have fun playing as Zelda. So mm-hmm. it's like I don't know when I pick Zelda. I don't know. I don't want. To you don't want Sheik yeah. to even be an option, yeah. Yeah. So um. it does make sense that they're split, but because of that split, yeah, I think Chorus Men, which has been rumored forever, is out. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean whether it. this is the deciding factor, I don't think it rules them out at all, especially because... So. Well, because the... If the CPU can't even handle... No, be- I mean, the RAM can't even handle... Well, no, because you're assuming they would make the three characters like actual separate characters. They don't have to be three separate characters. It could just... Oh, it could be like Pikmin. It could just appear as a... No, not even that. Like, I just look at... Um, well, I guess I don't want to spoil that other character. So, just look at Luma and um, Rosalina. I know who you're about to say. Yeah. Who, by the way, that character, which is a retro... We've talked about yeah, him so on like, the show before. Like... Hold on, we've talked about him on the show before. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear the name, jump ten seconds ahead. Duck Hunt Duo. Formerly Duck Hunt Dog. Whatever, Duck Hunt Dog. Yeah, and so... welcome back to those that skip ten seconds ahead. Okay, go. Yeah, so like then, like, they are two characters in one, technically. Yeah. Rosalina and Luma That's are technically true. two characters in one. So like, I guess there are. So, so they don't, I mean, if those are three characters, they don't technically have to be three separate characters. They could just be one entity that their animations are just like, oh, when they throw a punch, they all extend out. Right. To look like they're like so they they, Yeah, just think of a, like those three kids under a trench coat kind of thing. Okay, in that case, yeah, I guess I can say I mean, yeah. I want that rumor to be true so badly. Because that's how I think they would work. I mean, that's how I think they would animate if they were to be on the 3D. I think, you're, I think you're right. I think you're right. And and I just want them to be real. Because, like, A, they're obscure enough that, like, it's just going to be funny to have them in there. And B, they're really unique. I know. That's a theory they really love. I'm yeah, like, it's a fun I'm theory. I love more than just random ghosts that you attack in Smash Bros, which I'm barely even going to play anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about full impressions of Smash Bros. in two weeks, because obviously this is launch weekend right now. Like, this goes up two days into the launch of Smash Bros., like, two days after it comes out. So there's no way we could possibly have good impressions. But I will say that, from what I've heard, Smash Run, contrary to what I want it to be, is not as good oh, as I Oh, we just finished downloading it. Oh. Oh, yeah, so that gives away when we're recording this. It's Thursday night, and we're recording this, because we need to have our free calendar to play Smash all of 
the rest of the weekend. But, uh, yeah, so we'll have impressions of it coming up. But I did want to say that um, it turns out the 3DS's limitations are actually hindering a lot about the game, not just, or not even hindering, but changing a lot. Not just Zelda Sheik, Samus, Zero Samus. Pokemon Trainer. And Pokemon Trainer being gone completely. The reason the Circle Pad Pro does not actually work with the 3DS version of Smash Bros. is simply because there's not enough RAM. Which sounds ridiculous, but apparently, apparently the Circle Pad Pro when you plug it in, or just adding another control input, could add up to 5%, could use up to 5% of the CPU. When Sakurai was making Kid Icarus Uprising, he said it took about 5% of the CPU to power plugging that in and running it and everything. As we know from the demo of Smash Bros, um, all of the 3DS CPU, even the, or not CPU, sorry, RAM. Did I say CPU this whole time? RAM. All of the 3DS's RAM, even the stuff reserved for the menus, are dumped into Smash Bros. That's why it closes when you close when you close the demo. It shuts down your system and reboots it. So as a result, they just couldn't, or so they claim, couldn't uh, use CirclePad Pro support like they originally wanted to. Which is why only the new 3DS has C Stick support, and it's only because there's more RAM they can work with. Because they made it to spec for normal 3DS, because it needs to work on both. And they're like, oh hey, extra RAM, C Stick it up. So yeah. it's a very convenient excuse. I'm not saying he's lying, but it's a very convenient excuse. Oh, yeah, we, we couldn't support what we said we were going to support because we have a newer thing that does it better. So, if you have the older thing, sorry? Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like weird. It's a like, weird excuse, but when I, I think Smash Bros, I think, like, fully customizable controls to your heart's content. Yep. And I guess... Well, of, it is, sort of. Well, yeah, sort of. Yeah. That's the thing, like, you could use, like, Freaking Atari Twenty Six Hundred controller than Brawl. I mean, I make that joke, but <laughs> hey, like, you, the Wii the Wii U version has insane number of controllers. No, yeah, that's not, like you could literally use any controller combination yeah. you could possibly think of. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hooking up my um my cl- cl- Coleco. Thank you, Coleco. That joke went nowhere because I couldn't say the name. <laughs> I can't wait to hook up my Mattel nineteen ninety four little football LED screen thing. I don't have one. LCD. Wow, these jokes are going nowhere because I keep butchering them. Uh, should I try again? Maybe? I can't wait to hook up my Pong arcade cabinet and control it with the paddle knob. <laughs> wow, that was sad. Okay, sorry you had to endure that. Uh, oh, one other thing that apparently is a limitation, but it's not a 3DS limitation, it's your fault. Online lag. So the Japanese version um, has lag issues where the connection influences how well the match is, which is true for any online connection for any game. But Sakurai, in, in that same column, very squarely put the blame on the users. He said, if, if you're having lag, it's probably your connection or your opponent's connection. Nothing to do with us. He says the netcode is perfectly fine. So, mm-hmm. pass the buck. Not my problem. <laughs> yeah, not my problem. Yeah, Reggie, <laughs> then Reggie popped in and went, not my problem, and left. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll, we'll obviously test that and yeah, talk Which about is kind of how it is for... All games. Yeah, most fighting games, so... Mm-hmm. It's just like, welcome to the world of fighting game netcode, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll, we'll have better impressions of how that actually is once we once we play yeah. it fully. So, in, our, in episode 82, when it comes out. Um, although, you know, obviously by the time people are listening to this, though, they will have the game. So you'll know for yourself. So you'll know for yourself a yeah. little. But basically, but... just be prepared to not really be able to play free-for-all with four people, because that's four different connections you're dealing with. So. Oh, and how about the fact so, that locally... So one-on-ones will probably be your best bet. How about the fact in, that, in any situation, yeah. even local. Yeah, how about the fact that... Lo- See, this we can talk about. We were playing local matches, four-player the other day, of the demo. 
it lagged like crazy at times. It froze at times. The loading icon appeared at times. Like, it was bad. I hope the real game's a little better. And someone listening to this a week after launch is going to sit there and be like, I know the answer. It's not. But I'm hoping it is. Um, well, I was good. So that's just something, like, in a, you know, just be wary of, I guess. But in the meantime, what I was going to say is, while we don't have impressions to share yet, we can talk a little bit about how crazy how crazy the amount of marketing Nintendo's doing for this game is. They are everywhere with this thing. Like, literally everywhere. So first up, uh, our prize are the, I would argue, maybe the best commercials in a so bad it's good sort of way Nintendo has done in, like, forever. Yeah, miss. yeah so, um... You say they're here, miss? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of them was really bad, but I thought the punch-out one and the and the bus one were pretty good. But, um... So basically what Nintendo's doing is they have a three-set... Three series of commercials, or three commercials, settle it in Smash is the tagline, and the whole concept is now that's portable, no matter what your conflict is, no matter where it's happening, you can just duke it out in Smash to resolve the issue. And naturally, when you duke it out in Smash, you shout, you transform into the character in the middle of a bus, or in the middle of a wherever you are, a pizza party, or whatever. I propose to settle all future disputes between us and Smash. I'm going to lose every single time. That's why you want to do it, of course. I'm fine with that. I know you are. I'm not. That's the problem. But, uh... Yeah, so the ads are actually pretty good. Like, it's... They're definitely cheesy, and they have, like, a 90s vibe, but they pull it off. I think the Punch-Out! one's really funny, where they have the Doc Lewis cameo in the background, which I actually laughed out loud when I saw, and I don't usually laugh out loud at commercials. Literal, literal lol. Literal lols. But, yeah, um, and we ha- for those who haven't seen the ad, uh, we do have links in the blog post for this episode with all three. I just realized every time I touch the table, no one knows I'm doing that. They just hear a loud thud. That's like your point made. Or it's like a hey or thought finished. It's my period. Whenever I'm done with a sentence, I just end it like that. Sorry, I probably just blew out someone's speaker in their car or something like that. Anyway, I need to stop doing that because it just sounds like the microphone's falling when you're listening back. But so uh, now I do have the commercials, but they're kind of taking that sell it to smash idea to heart as well by literally having people in real life settle sports rivalries in Smash. So this is actually quite possibly the smartest like tour. Nintendo's ever done to promote a game. And that is that they're taking uh, Smash Bros, both Wii U and 3DS, to tailgate parties for college football. College football is very competitive. College kids love Smash Bros. It's like the most popular game in college. At least when we were in college, it's by far the most popular game. Everyone knew it. Yeah, next to Call of Duty? No, I would say in, in on campus, more people played Smash than Call of Duty. For sure. Well, it gets in the pens, yeah. I guess you're at the circles we were in. But no, it, yeah. it was like... Every college kid knows Smash Bros. I'll put it this way. One well, of my coworkers. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess like everyone knew Smash Bros. But I guess I didn't really see too many people actually like, playing it actively. Besides really. like us and like... I can name like four or five different throw. groups of people. But I, I, I will say it's kind of funny. I was telling one of my coworkers the other day who's not really a gamer that the new Smash was coming out. And I was like... I can't remember what I said. And he's like, oh! Oh, that's a big deal. And I'm like, it oh. is a big deal. But he was like dead serious. He's like, that's a big deal. I guess I underestimated it. Yeah, no, it's... Rock, it's, rock Band, I think, would also... Well, Rock Band, we were in the yeah. Rock Band bubble when we were there, yeah. Like, that was right before it burst. Like, every house I went to had, like, the little band kit set up next to their TV. Yep, yep. But that was that was, uh, that was the peak of the Rock Band yeah. movement, so to speak. But yeah, so the, what they're doing with Smash Bros. is they're taking it to tailgate parties where people are drinking and being competitive anyway. and Or not so much parties, but a tailgate event. And they're going to, like, some of the biggest football schools to do it. Like, this isn't, like, a you know, lame attempt just to get a little publicity. They're going full force. I mean, they kicked it off at LSU at Arizona, just the other, uh, or sorry, not Arizona, LSU at Auburn. Arizona's not that big of a football school. At Auburn, um, 
the day before his podcast goes up. And then after that, they go on to like every major name in football, like Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Notre Dame, Alabama. Like they're gonna be all over the place. So this is this is real. This is serious. They're doing it from now until um, I believe the end of November. So that's like a good, pretty much the entire football season wow. for college. I think. So that's a lie. It's not the end. I think it goes a little beyond that for college. Point being, it's going for a good chunk of the season. And, like, it's really smart because this is a demographic that is super into the game and super competitive but may not be keeping up with Nintendo, not know it's out, not know it's what a Wii U is. You know, it's they can reach a new audience, and it's an honest thing that will be interested. So props to Nintendo for a really smart campaign for once, a really smart tour. Um, and hand-in-hand hand with that, for those who aren't into football, us, they're uh, also, well... This is we're doing a time warp here. So this, we're recording this on Thursday, as we mentioned, and the tournament we're about to talk about t- took place on Saturday, the day before it goes up. And Jose will be or did, depending on what tense you want to use, participate or attempted and, to. or attempted to in the tournament. But basically, what they're doing is sixteen game stops nationwide will be hosting a tournament. You you could you could give the specifics, I guess. But um, the winner so, gets to go to New York, Nintendo World, winner a gets big finale. A lot of stuff. Winner yeah. gets. A round trip to New York, two nights stay at some hotel they're choosing, a $250 Visa gift card, a new 3DS XL, presumably the Smash Brothers one, a new and another copy of Smash Brothers, and a spot at the, I guess at a na- the national tournament In, at, at Nintendo, Nintendo World. World. And that's only if you win three free-for-all matches with items. Just at your matches. local GameStop. Well, semi If you're near one of the 16 competing There's only stuff. two in California. There's like one... One in NorCal, one so Yeah, one in San Francisco around that area, and the other one's in Anaheim, which is luckily half an hour from here. So I'm going to try to enter it. I mean, I, I feel like... What's funny is... By I don't want to regret live. not going, because it's like, oh, I made it kind of far in the Comic-Con one, but we'll see how it goes. Um, What's funny is like, it's like by the time people listen to this, they can look at your Twitter and see how you did. Yeah. Like, we're like, we're gonna... He's gonna compete, and then you'll be like, oh, I already know he lost. Or one, hopefully one. Hopefully, future Jose does okay. But it, it, it's it's if you recall when they did the invitational tournament at E3, Reggie made a point like, "Oh, we we're gonna try and do it. like this is great. We're gonna do this again. Like this is so great. We're gonna try and do like it maybe across the country." Hey, he, he fulfilled his promise. He did it. They did it. Granted, it's only sixteen stores, but it is a nationwide tournament. Nintendo's pushing it pretty hard. Yeah, this is pretty much their entire New York Comic Con presence. Cause yeah, they're not, they're not... Weirdly, they're not at New York Comic Con this year. They are scaling back the amount of events they go to. They didn't do PAX East. PAC, PAX East. They didn't do New York Comic Con. They're skipping IndieCade this year, which for those of you who have been on the site for, you know, listening to us for a while, may recall we went last year to IndieCade here at uh, Culver, in Culver City. Um, and in town had this huge booth, the biggest booth there. Full of indie games, and this year, as of right now, it's next weekend, but as of right now, nothing. They have no presence. So it's kind of a weird about face that they're doing in multiple places. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm guessing they're not doing New York Con Con, because where are they going to show? Smash Bros? People will have it. Yeah. I mean, they could show the Wii U one, but I don't know. But it, I don't think they want to take any Steam away, especially during... Not during launch yeah. weekend. Which is why I think we don't have a release date for the Wii U version. Or Amiibo, or Captain Toe, because those are all going to be announced at once, Makes I would sense. imagine. And I imagine they're waiting until the hype for 3DS dies out, so like next week. Or like two weeks after launch. By our next episode, I think we'll have launch. Yeah, games. especially more stuff, because it's literally, I mean, quote-unquote the same game. Yeah. You definitely don't want you don't want You don't want to cut it out at the knees before it even comes yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, if they're or not going to say, like, even me, who's like, we're obviously looking forward to or already have the game. Yeah. It's going to automatically make me start thinking about only that game. Like, oh, time to start my internal countdown. 
Yeah. As of right now, like there is none. So like, go okay. All attention goes to 3ds. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's smart. It's weird because Nintendo always by now announces their holiday dates, but it makes perfect sense why they haven't. Although uh, November twenty first is most likely the Wii U Smash. So there you go. Uh, speaking of Wii U Smash, actually, we should probably mention this just because it's kind of cool and random and cool <laughs> and crazy. Uh, so Sakurai announced on Miiverse, he's still announcing things for the Wii U version, of course, just at a slower rate, uh, a new stage based on Game & Warrior's Gamer Mini game that looks absolutely incredible. It's, uh... Yeah, it's, they, they definitely picked the best game from Warrior. Yes, he did. And it's basically, for those who have played Brawl, which I assume is anyone that would listen to this, uh, you really know the WarioWare stage, where it would have you randomly stop and start, and you could choose to stop, or you could choose to beat someone up when they're stopped, but you're rewarded if you do stop and do the freeze, like they ask you to. Well, this one... For those who have played Gamer and Game Warrior, which I assume is a lesser number of you than who have played Brawl, Gamer has you do normal WarioWare of Nintendo mini games on the gamepad, and then when your mom comes in on the TV, you have to lower the gamepad to look like you're asleep. So the mom's still going to come in on the stage as you're fighting, and you have to hide or freeze when she comes in, or you can keep fighting and risk her rat. So she'll pop out of the TV, she'll pop out of the window, she'll, pop, she'll walk through a door like a normal human. Uh, you know, different ways it's going to happen. And the lighting looks awesome, first of all, on that stage. Like, they, they're doing, like, a crazy backlit thing through the window, and it just looks super cool. But it's just a fun concept. It just looks, it looks yeah. fun. So, so that's coming. Something to look forward to with the Wii U. That's the, that's the one I think I'm really looking forward to the most about the Wii U version is the different stages. Yeah, it's funny. Like, there's still so many stages for them to announce, and I feel like I'm getting excited about those as if I would a character reveal. Yeah, because we're not going to get any. But I, I seriously wonder if they're going to do extra characters in the Wii U version. Who knows? Like... Maybe that'd be a surprise. Or, like, if you link the two together. Like, congrats, you own the 3DS and the Wii U one. Here's some characters in the Wii U one that you didn't get previously. Because they need to do something. I, I, I could kind of see that. Because, yeah. I mean, Ice then, then it would give more excitement towards when the Wii U version comes out. Mm-hmm. That way people don't feel like, oh, we already kind of played everything. There's, like, nothing new to learn. They, yeah, they need something Cause to make you double dip. Yeah, because presumably if I, like, let's say I figure out Bowser by the time the Wii U version comes out, all it is is just getting used to a new controller, but I already know all the tricks. There's, like, nothing new yeah. to learn. Yeah, they got to do something to get you hooked into the Wii U one, because, yeah, like you said, you already know everything and not only that, but, like, for people that don't necessarily have a Wii U, they'll be like, I'm fine with what I have. It has everything I need. And it also gives you another incentive to own both. Yeah, in addition to the Club Nintendo soundtrack, which yeah. is not quite... For diehard fans, that's an incentive, but yeah, for but average Joe Gamer, there's no way they're going to be like, oh, I need that soundtrack. Let me go spend $300 on a Wii U. <laughs> like, But yeah. if there's new characters, they might be like, oh, I do want the Especially full Especially for smash. that other person that would just say, I'll just download it later. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Um... So yeah, that's all coming up. Smash Bros. Weekend. Happy Smash Bros. Weekend, everyone. This episode's live on Smash Bros. Weekend. Woo. Woo. Anyway, uh, one last... This is a total shift. Totally shifting gears here. But one last piece of news before we get to Hyrule Warriors impressions is actually also related to Hyrule Warriors. And that is... Uh, how about those limited edition bundles for Hyrule Warriors? We were talking about Nintendo World before, and... Uh, Nintendo likes to give Nintendo World exclusive bundles, and then they like to kind of unintentionally screw over their fans in the process. So, this first happened with Mario Kart 8, where, if you were in Europe, they had a special collector's edition that came with the blue shell, like a little statue thing. And, you know, it was maybe a little more expensive. You're like, oh, cool, I got a blue shell. Here in the States, they made like 500 of them and only sold them at Nintendo World. People bought them understandably so and then uh you know some went on ebay and some got high prices and then nintendo world some were the prizes on mario kart tournaments yeah like nintendo's at comic-con that you almost won except you sabotaged your own brother or he sabotaged he almost won he just had to get second to win right it's okay you'll pull through this 
But, uh, so yeah, Nintendo did that, and then some scalpers and whatnot went, oh, gee, there's demand for these. So when the Hyrule Warriors equivalent rolled around, it was insanity. So basically what Nintendo did in Europe is they had a special edition where you get a a Link scarf, like a a Triforce scarf, like what Link wears in the game, because for whatever reason, Link has a scarf. Probably because it looks cool when he runs. It's all, like, wispy. But, uh, so they had a scarf they could get with the game in Europe, and it's pretty easy to get. Here in the States, they made 300 special edition bundles of Scarf Plus Game. You know, probably, realistically, a $63, $64 value. Um, and then they made them available to Nintendo World patrons on launch day, but they would not let you pre-order because it was limited quantities. So what happened is people started lining up, and then more people started lining up, and then more people started lining up. And by 3.30 in the morning, the day of the launch, keep in mind it didn't launch until 10 a.m. when the store opened, 3.30 3.30 in the morning, there were more people in line than they had limited editions for. By 9 a.m., there were 600 people in line. They had 300 edition, limited editions. Whoa. And what turns out was the case is the majority of those people, flipped, not the majority, but a good number, flipped them and put them on eBay. And at one point, there was one that was going for bids of about, let me see if I can pull up the number here. Uh, yeah, people were bidding about two to $300 Damn. on these limited edition bundles. Some people were putting buy it now prices of $1,000. Again, it's a game with like a $2 cheap scarf. But because they're only 300 it was impossible to get in the U.S. And obviously it had U.S. packaging, so they had the ESRB and everything, which makes it like an actual rare commodity, not just the European version with a sticker on it. Uh, because of that, you know, there's demand. And they're going to be worth so much in like 10 years. But the problem is these collector's editions, at least in my mind, these collector's editions are for the fans. They should be available to fans to get. But instead, scalpers are sneaking in, getting them, and trying to flip them on fans. Which is true of any collector's edition of anything. Yeah, that's... The difference is... Yeah. There's only 300 of them, which is weird. Like, why is Nintendo turning away money? They keep turning away money. (laughs) No, yeah, it sucks. No matter where you go. I mean, it's like a little side story. Like, I collect... Well, I guess I collected a lot of Transformer toys a little while ago. Yeah. And there was this... Masterpiece Optimus Prime that was getting remade and it got a new design and it was going to come out in Toys R Us. Yep. And I was all excited. I went to go get it the day it was supposed to come out. And I was like, presumably I thought I was going to be one of the first people there, but turns out that the people that worked at Toys R Us, um, they all pretty much bought the whole stock (laughs) of them and sold them to people who were just going to flip them online. That's, yeah. So maybe there was, like, one or two on the shelves, and maybe, like, even, like, more, like, crazier collectors than me, like, Mm -hmm. went and got them, so... Right, right. Yeah, I don't know, it just kind of sucks, like, yeah. But see, at least with that, it was nationwide. It was at Toys R Us. Like, the problem with what Nintendo's doing, I get why they're... I mean, there's two sides to this. I do get why Nintendo's doing the limited bundles. Nintendo World needs some sort of unique thing to make them worth, like, not just another store. Like, it's Nintendo's store. You get stuff at Nintendo's store. But, and they're doing it to reward fans. Like, hey, guys, we want to give you something special, but you're not giving it enough chance. Because, like, GameStop, we have it right behind me. The Wind Waker, no, the Wind Waker one was done right by comparison. Because this Wind Waker uh, thing, for those who don't remember, Wind Waker, uh, yeah. Yeah, Wind Waker HD for Wii U, for those who don't remember, uh, you got a cool. You could get at GameStop only a cool Ganondorf figurine, and it was limited quantities, one run, that was it. But it was at every GameStop nationwide, they had at least four or five or six or eight. Not 300 total for the whole country. So, I don't get why Nintendo, if they want to do special collector's editions, sure, have, 
a thousand or two of them at Nintendo World and then offer them in limited quantities to other places or something. Like, it just seems like a missed opportunity. When a company needs money, why would they turn away the ability to upsell? Like, if people will buy these at extent... Like, the, the Wind Waker one was 70, right? Game 60, um, Wind Waker one was 70. Yeah. And you bought it happily, and I would have bought it if it was still available. Well, sort of. I got it for 50 bucks. Oh, right, because you had a deal. But you would you have paid 70? Oh, yeah. Easily. See? I, 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 I tried to. It was only because I knew someone that worked right, at right. But yeah, and like I tried to get it, but they were already sold out. But I would pay seventy. Like Nintendo fans would, I bet Nintendo fans would pay pay seventy for the scarf edition of yeah. Pyro Warriors, even though it's just like a two dollars scarf, or like the Mario Kart trophy. Like they could have made bank on this, and they chose not to, and then they have angry fans. So not they're not angry at Nintendo per se; they're just angry at the situation. So yeah. it's just, it's just the part missed of, opportunity. It's the part we live in. Yeah, so hopefully I'm, I'd be really. I mean, curious. some people make literally make a living off of this. If you go to Comic Con, you will see people buying like thousands of dollars worth of toys just to flip them yep. like they won't open them they'll just flip them hey the line for the iPhone 6 in New York at most of the New York stores actually at a lot of stores nationwide were all people that then sold them on the spot right after for cash to people that then shipped them over to China because they didn't have a Chinese release date yet mm. so China there's like a whole black market for them so they would buy them walk around the corner a guy would hand them cash same value if not probably actually more because they sat in line for two days they get the phone, and the person just goes on their way. So instead of, like, rabid Apple fanboys being like, yeah, I can't wait for the iPhone 6, I'm so psyched. Like, you know, news crews going around, it's like, do you want the iPhone 6 to just be some, like, elderly person? Just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes they didn't know English, because more often than not, they were um, Chinese immigrants or Chinese, you know, they were of Chinese descent in some way. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting phenomenon that scalping's yeah, as big as it is. Yeah. I mean, you think with, like, all the Ninja Turtle toys unopened on my walls that I'd like, try to flip them one day, but no, they're just... Well, yeah, because it's your there. collection. You're collecting them. There's a difference. Yeah. The guys that flip stuff don't ever keep them and they cherish them. They, they just they, flip them. They don't to punish me. And yeah, people. They, they literally... Well, not to punish you. They <laughs> I don't have to take advantage. Yeah. yeah, it's Sakurai. He's trolling you. Remember I told you all he does is troll you with like the Pokemon colors? He is buying all your Transformers and You Ninja think you're Turtles. paying 20 bucks for this? Now you're paying 100. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I'd be curious to see how Nintendo World addresses this going forward. For example, they're giving out towels for Smash Bros. launch. Like, sell in Smash, like, uh, you know, like boxing, like the towels that boxers have around their neck. The block, the line to get the game and the towels at a special four hours early launch time, three blocks long this afternoon. Three blocks long. That's a um. lot of people. New York blocks, those blocks, I've been there. Those blocks are long blocks, too. They're like avenue blocks, which are significantly longer than street blocks. Yeah. So, yeah. Same. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how Nintendo World addresses this going forward, or Nintendo as a whole. But uh, transitioning away from the Hyrule Warriors Collector's Edition to just Hyrule Warriors itself, this is a good way to jump, I guess, from what's up with Nintendo and the latest news over to what we're playing, or what I've been playing. I'm the only one that bought it out of the two of us. So, I got Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. The end. <laughs> no, uh, so I got Hyrule Warriors, and yeah, Jake, uh, how is Warriors? but let me tell you, it's not convince me. I will maybe convince you. I'll just run through my thoughts. Well, I mean, I know. So, I mean, I mean, I already have the mentality I'll buy it one day. It's just not a. That's the thing. Comes out too close to Smash Brothers because I know once that game comes out, I'm not going to pay attention. And, to and that's the thing about Hyrule Warriors. Like, I don't even know if necessarily everyone would want it at full at full MSRP. Twenty bucks off in three months? Yeah, I would recommend it in a heartbeat. Sixty dollars? Well, there's some Sander butts, but so I, just, I guess I'll just run through my thoughts. I mean, on the surface, let's be really clear here. On the surface, it's exactly as advertised. You're a gang, Dynasty Warriors, with some with like a thick layer of 
Zelda paint on top of it. I mean, granted, if I, if you allow me to run with this metaphor, it's very high quality Zelda paint. Maybe with like a little shimmer in it. You know, like sometimes they put the sparkles in the paint and it like glistens. It's, it's that level of quality of paint. But it's still Zelda paint over Dynasty Warriors. So, uh, I mean, the core gameplay is pretty much what you've heard about Dynasty Warriors if you've never played it. Uh, you're flying through waves of enemies. Um, you know, you're in these giant expansive areas. You're using an assortment of characters, assortment of weapons, different combos. Like, all sorts of different uh, button combos just to do different types of attacks. But where things kind of get interesting is that there's actually more variety to it than you would think. I mean, even just changing weapons on someone like Link actually kind of changes how you play. I mean, like, Link's sword, for example, you're definitely up close in the middle of the enemies, like, actually, like, stabbing and jabbing. But if you give him the fire rod, you're a little further back and you can, like, shoot projectiles. And it kind of changes the dynamic in more drastic ways than I thought it would. Like, I honestly would have expected it's just like, oh, the enemy's running towards you. Do you stab them, or do you shoot fire at them? But no, it's like, you can actually, there's actually, like, a different vibe to it completely. And, of course, the variety kind of grows, ex like, exponentially when you start taking into account all the different characters and all their different abilities. You know, because, like, um, I'm blanking out his name, but the Goron, he's this big, slow dude with a huge hammer, so he's obviously going to handle very differently from any variation of Link with sword or fire rod or whatever he may have. So, um... On top of that, I guess, uh, not only do you have the variety of the characters in, you know, of themselves as is, but you can also actually create and equip badges for these characters using items you collect within each stage. And these badges then give you even more abilities. So, for example, you can recover health faster, you can, or recover health period, you can dish out more damage, you can do more advanced combos by, unlock, by unlocking different things, but, you know, same attack. But, or same weapon, but now suddenly if you hit twice as many buttons in a certain order, you do this crazy combo you couldn't do previously. So the characters, you kind of grow and level up, and you can give them more things and kind of make them your own, because the, the badges are like a tree, like a like a badge tree, I guess. And you can like pick which ones you want, attack, defense, that sort of thing, and kind of plot it out to make your own fighter. So that, that right there, there's already a little more variety than you would think, and um, it kind of helps make it less of a button masher and more of like a game that <laughs> you're actually like invested in and like doing things in and not just hammering a or i guess x or y in this case those are the attack buttons um and then the sheer number of options isn't really now i think about it isn't really just like characters either there's also like the game modes are surprisingly varied because i remember when we were talking about before it came out we we're like oh yeah adventure mode story mode at the end of the day you're just hacking slashing enemies and that's true but they're presented in very different ways like uh there is the story mode which is full-fledged narrative there's the adventure mode there's more like quick burst short bite-sized gameplay there's co-op there's free play free play is literally just hack and slash as many as you can for as long as you want until your button or until your thumb gets sore and um yeah it's just surprising i mean at the end of the day it's all the same exact game gameplay concept but the way they present it actually adds some variety and definitely the main meat of the game is story mode so um i mean the, okay the thing with story mode when we covered it back before it launched like we talked about you know we played it at comic-con that sort of thing it kind of felt like just playing through that demo that every single stage was going to follow the exact same formula in story mode so but you know you'd be sent into a battlefield you attack a few waves of enemies uh to clear an area or as the game calls them keeps basically they're these expansive worlds and um within the worlds are these little like sealed off or like squared off sections that they call keeps they're usually like a fortress or a room or something and in those fortresses or rooms or enemies, and if you clear those enemies, you capture the keep, and then it doesn't keep spawning enemies. Now it's spawning your defensemen, and then in between the keeps are some enemies, but they don't respawn as much. Like the keeps are where they respawn. So there's that whole thing. So in in story mode, it felt like you just kind of went from keep to keep, clearing the keep, um, 
And I remember when I played the Comic-Con demo, I was like, oh, there's some strategy here. Because, like, as you're fighting in Keep, like, 32 over there, Keep 24, they have better names, like Northern Fortress and that sort of thing. But while you're in Keep 32, over in Keep 24, the enemies are taking it back. So you have to, like, micromanage. Like, do you go to Keep 32? Do you stay at Keep 24? Like, well, you do. So when I played the demo, that's how I thought it was going to work. I'd be like, oh, I have to, like, constantly be monitoring who's where and where do I go. In reality, while that is the case, it's not really as crucial as I expected. It's There's less of that because uh, often there's computer control characters that will go and defend the keep for you. And they'll even tell you, like, I'm going over there. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, then why is this even in the game? Like, I don't have to do anything. So it's um, so they'll go take care of that. And then you can just go on to your next goal and progress forward through the level. And those goals um, aren't all just killing enemies either. They actually have some, like, other things like for example there's one stage where you have to escort a giant bomb chew to knock down a pillar to clear a bridge to basically make a bridge over some lava so instead of just um you know running through enemies and attacking them willy-nilly you're basically going alongside the bomb chew and clearing a path for it so at the end of the day you're still attacking enemies but it's not just like total chaos run wherever you want you're kind of like guiding this huge the bomb chew by the way in this in higher wars is like a tank it's this huge thing. it's not like a little mouse it's this huge mechanical looking thing so, so you're just, you know, leading that. That's, like, one example. Or another is... Sounds like a blast. Haha. Another is, um, like, if you... You might be told to look for a special enemy, like Pose, for example. You know, the ghost guys from Zelda? They, there's one part where it's literally, like, go find the, the head Poe or the giant Poe, and you have to, like, weave through this whole, like, crystal mine in order to find it, and there's, like, a bit of a maze and that sort of thing. So, um, there's even occasional... Now I think about it, there's even occasional, like, puzzle solving. Like, oh... You need to blow up this path. How you do it? Oh, well, there were bombs you could have gotten in the other part of the level, so you go get those. Once you get the bombs, you keep them forever. But in the very first level, it's like, oh, go find the bombs to progress through this rock wall. So, there's, I mean, it's not mental gymnastics or anything, but it does help break up some of the, like, endless moblin hordes, which is kind of nice. Um, and Occasionally, though, I guess my main thing with the... Uh, with the goals, like, you know, defeat the Moblin Horde, go find this, escort the Bomb Tree. My main issue with those are that it's not always clear what you're supposed to do next. Like, the way the game is structured, you're kind of going point A to point B. Like, the goal will tell you, go to this keep and do this, or go to find the Bomb Tree here. And you're like, okay, I am where I am currently, I need to get to point B, and then you go. But it's not a linear path. You're in a big open world with many things surrounding point A and B. There's point C, D, E, F, G all around you, and... You're supposed to go to point B, but it doesn't tell you right away necessarily that you do need to go to point B. So you kind of have this weird situation where it's like, I literally didn't know what to do. Like, I defeat, it's like, you got the keep, good job. I'm like, sweet, I got the keep, now what? And I just kind of run around for a few minutes, and then nothing would happen. I'd be like, do I just, you know, I just keep hacking and slashing enemies. Like, all right, I assume it'll eventually tell me. Often it does. Eventually something's triggered by someone or something. But occasionally I'll, like, find another keep and just be like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. I'm just going to clear this keep. Why not? And then, like, I'll be a third of the way through the enemies in the keep, and suddenly it'll go, like, clear the keep! And I'll be like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. Thank, yes. <laughs> so, like, sometimes the goals don't always happen exactly when you want them to happen. Like, they don't flow exactly in the way you think they would. Like, it's not like you're done with goal A, go to goal B. There's, it like, weird like, interludes. kind of sounds like the game maybe wants you to figure out kind of where it wants you to go, but then if you decide to go do something else, 
Then at some point, it's about to think like, like, oh shit, yeah, he's not doing yeah. it. So I think it's a mix. Of, let's make that his goal for now. I think it's a mix of that, and it's trying to do kind of a free form. Like, oh, you want to go capture that keep? Go for it. You want to go find an item? Go for it. It's you have freedom. It's an open world. But then the problem is like sometimes there isn't anything to do, and you don't know where to go until it tells you where to go, and then it's like, oh yeah, go over here. And it's like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing that you could do or go to. Okay, so that that's my like biggest gripe probably. Probably that that happens, and it's not like it's not like it ruins the experience too much because there there's a time limit, but it's like an hour. You have an hour to be a level that could take you know twenty twenty five minutes. So even if you have these pockets of two or three minutes, you're like, where what where do I go? It like it doesn't hurt you tremendously. It might affect your score, but the thing is, it's kind of there is kind of a score attack element. You're ranked based on how many enemies you kill. You get a ranking like an actual badge. You get a number. So you're encouraged to play it multiple times, multiple characters. So eventually, presumably, as I go back and do that. Uh, this won't happen where I'll be like, where do I go? Because I'll just know because I've played it that level however many times. Um, and the 60 minutes actually, now that I think about it, do come in handy because there is a hidden scatella or however you say it, the gold scatellas yeah. in each level. And this is another pet peeve I have because the scatellas appear at random times and what they do is on the map there'll be a big spider web over a section or two because there's like regions to the map so you have a you know basic sense of where you are. Uh, and it'll just appear and I was like, oh, go over here to the Scotella and you can find it and you unlock cool stuff if you find them and collect them. So I'll be like, sure, I'll go there and I'll look at the map and go, okay, no, I won't because it's clear across the level from all my goals. And the problem is the Scotella is only there for a limited time. And they don't tell you where it is within that spider web on the map. So I could run across the stage, which will take a few minutes, get there, not be able to find it, and then it'll go, time's up, Scotella's gone. So it's just like, if you're going to hide it, at least hide it near where you're sending the player opposed to the other end of the map where you cleared in the first two minutes and haven't gone back since like if, again these maps aren't huge and there is a run feature but it's just like why would i completely abandon what i'm doing to run over for a thing that i a might not be able to find and b might not even have enough time to find because they expect you to just beeline it right to it so um, that's another but those are just a bonus for the challenge see that that's exactly it that's what i was gonna say is those are bonus and it's presented as an extra challenge so i guess if you really want to push yourself and challenge yourself you can but for me i was just like this isn't this is this is dumb. It's not worth it. So, um so I mean on the flip side of that, like I just was kinda negative about a few story mode aspects, but one thing I really liked is um the Zelda fan service. I mean this is the game as a whole, but story mode really like is the best embodiment of it. Because first of all, the cutscenes look great. Like Zelda's always had, you know, entertaining cutscenes, but they're always in game in the in game engine. Uh Hyrule Warriors, as Dynasty Warriors does, does pre rendered. So you're almost watching a CG Zelda movie at times. It just looks really good. It's just like, oh man, there's so much, like, it just looks really good. And, this, and the crisscross, I don't want to go into detail about like what things they reference too much. Because it's not like there's huge spoilers. I mean, I reference how they uh, kind of poke fun at who Sheik really is. but uh, Or not poke fun, make it super obvious. Because uh, everyone already knows. But, you know, they do stuff like that. And there's all this crisscrossing of dimensions and different worlds coming together. It's, 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 a, it's an entertaining story. It's not like a win story of the year or something but the fan service is great and just like having the fact that you're like you know running through a field and suddenly there's a horde of moblins with a Poe or with a Lizalfos or however you say or you know just different Zelda enemies that pop up you're not quite sure who you're gonna get next that's kind of cool um the one thing I'm kind of not as thrilled about they introduced there's nothing wrong with this but they introduced new enemies as the main bad guys that are bringing together the worlds I kind of would prefer if they went for, like, obscure Zelda enemies that already exist. Like, why not the, the what's his name from Four Swords? Vati, or something like that. Like, he's a guy that, uh, 
is some, supposedly has some sort of dark magic. Why don't they just use him? Why do they have to make up a brand new person? The characters, the new characters aren't but then bad. You're gonna, but then you're going to get those people in there and they're like, oh, they're not creative. Why can't they just create new characters? Yeah, I guess. But I feel like, yeah. And I guess it needs some of its, some of its own identity. fresh air. Yeah. They, I think the only time that I feel there's a need to complain mm-hmm. is when, um, I don't know, I, I guess like even though like I didn't get the game, like I always kind of had a problem with that new character, that new girl with the book Le- of spells. Le- uh, Whatever her name is. Wait. Because it's like, oh, if it's a... Wow, uh, I'm totally blanking on her name. Well, bl- in the blue, yeah. Yeah, because like... Leah? Leah? I don't, no. know. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Well, because like, if the game is supposed to be like a game for the fans, like why would they make you control... New girl. New girl that no yeah. one knows. Well, she, she ties into the bigger... Well, yeah, because yeah. they made her tied into the bigger... Right, they could right. write whatever story they want. True, true. They could have put anyone... Yeah. And make it tie in. They could have put Tetra and been like, hey, They could have put... I don't know. I mean, if they put... Insect Girl as one of the fighters. Why can't they pick random spellcaster female from some other game that... Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Or, like... Yeah. I mean, it's just, like... I don't know. It's just another one of those areas where I guess they felt the need that they had to create I think character. they want... Yeah, I guess to give it its own identity. But I will say... Like, just to be clear, even though I was nitpicking the Emmy thing, it's still awesome that this sort of Zelda fan service game exists. Like, we're used to... Oh, we're, yeah. We've been... We've become used to it happening already with Mario. But imagine if you were, like, the first time you played, like, a Mario sports game or a Mario party, and they had all those Mario references just kind of thrown in there, you know, just, like, everything mashed up. It would kind of blow your mind if you've never played Mario. There's probably going to be someone's first Zelda game. Yeah, that's true. And then they're going to play, like, the next Zelda game, and they're like, like, whoa, this is so boring. (laughs) This is so slow. Where are all the enemies? Yeah, yeah, but no, like, imagine, like, I'm trying, or imagine like the first time you played Smash Bros and they bring together all these things you would never imagine together like it's just crazy it's awesome that uh, that Zelda's finally getting the spin-off treatment in a similar way Link's crossbow train does not count it does not bring things together like this so that's something I actually really like about the game and um, I think one of the best bits of the fan service is actually that adventure mode which is um, it's basically they took the entire original NES Zelda map the entire Hyrule from NES Zelda and chopped it up into a grid and what you're told to do as a player is go uh, square by square in the grid. And the only way you progress to the next square is by doing a specific task. So at first it sounds like, oh, this is just story mode, but not with a story. But the tasks are, the tasks are actually like bite-sized. It's like defeat this man, means use only this weapon, uh, do it, do everything in only this time limit. So they're really like kind of like, you know, a couple minute long things. And you just kind of progress through, which makes it a pretty different dynamic because... If you're doing the story mode, you, like I said, you have an hour to work with. So you have lots of time to kind of dilly-dally and not know what your goal is or whatever. But with adventure mode, it's very like you got to just go through it quickly. And that, that gives it a pretty different dynamic, which I actually really like. Plus, the map thing is really cool. And this whole thing where, like, um, there's, like, item card. Like, as you progress, you find items from the original Zelda in the form of item cards. Just let you, like, find new secrets in the map or do things in the map, like knock down barriers and stuff. So it's almost, like, two levels of Zelda happening. You have the battles of Hyrule Warriors, and they also have, like, kind of this Zelda adventure without actually moving a character around. But it, it, it's it's cool. It's a nice hybrid. And another neat thing about it is, um, well, first of all, like I was saying, I do like the bite-sizedness, but it's not to say, like, if you want to play a long session... If I were Warriors, you could very easily sit into adventure mode for a long time because there's a, the grid is ginormous. Like you always see a small portion of it when you start, but it, like it gets big. And one of the cool things they do is they hook into Nintendo Network for this, so they have what they have been kind of nicknamed Network Links, where basically you'll be going through the grid, and then there's another person's link, computer controlled of course, but based on their stats. So another person's link will be there, and if you enter their square, you can help 
them fight the enemies then you get an extra item and that's the thing about adventure mode is it's not just going through and doing like oh i like zelda i'll do a map of zelda you get items you won't get in the story mode you get um all sorts of little perks like it's it's i think you get an exclusive character maybe i haven't done that yet but it, it's uh i can neither confirm nor deny that right yeah but it's uh thank you that was extremely helpful <laughs> but no it's it's cool because it's like a full separate mode that gives its own rewards and once you beat story mode you could go do adventure mode or if you just want to do like i have half an hour to play high rewards i'll do adventure mode a square or two or something like it, it's it's a nice change of pace um i'm not speaking of nintendo network this is one that like no one really talked about it does have Miiverse integration, Hyrule Warriors, but it does, and it does, it's probably the closest I've ever seen Nintendo do to an achievement system, and that's probably because Technocoe developed it, and not Nintendo, but basically how it works is you can earn medals, or bad, or awards, I think they call awards, in, uh, as you go through levels, so if you kill a thousand enemies, you get, like, a destroyer award, if you use only this one weapon exclusively, you'll get one award, you get, you know, it's, Nintendo's done it with stamps in the past. But the difference this time, you know, in Wii Sports or whatever, but the difference this time is these awards can then instantly be shared out to your Miiverse profile. So when, the first time you're at an award, the game will ask you, do you want to automatically post this? And you're like, oh, sure, yeah, okay. So you post it, and then it'll do this cool, on Miiverse, there's like a nice image of like a Triforce and like a badge, well, different symbols for different awards. But it's like a nice badge with ribbons and like a like fake bronze, you know, circle and everything. And then it shares out automatically. It's just like, you earned this award. It's literally achievements kind of hack job to work. Uh, achievements hack job to work with the Miiverse. The downside is if you do automatic posting, and this is what I don't like about it, it will automatically post every time you earn an award. And the thing is, you earn the same award multiple times, which makes no sense. Like the game, if you go into like the award tracking, the game will show, oh yeah, you unlocked the Destroyer Award. Sure, great. But every time you re-earn it, it will re-Miiverse post it. So like, so I had to turn it off after my second level because I'm like, this is kind of ludicrous because it was just like, you earned a destroyer award, you earned a destroyer award, you earned a destroyer award. Like, I, okay, yeah. So I, yeah, it's um, I mean, it's a nice thought. I just wish they didn't double down on the posting every single time. That's a little strange, well, but they tried. Yeah, no, it's a cool idea. I think it's great. I'd love to see more games do something similar. Just maybe clean up how they do it a little. And uh, I guess the last thing to mention really is the music. Which, uh, first of all, okay, I guess presentation as a whole. So like I said, the cutscenes are really good. The graphics are there. They are in HD. They are a thing on the screen. But when you, but the problem is because there's so many enemies on the screen at any one time, you could have a ton, you could have over 100 enemies on screen at any given moment. Uh, obviously they can't go into a ton of detail with those graphics. So, it's not the best looking game, it's not the worst looking game, it's just kind of, it is what it is. It, the cutscenes, like I said, look great, um... The game doesn't look bad by any means, but I wasn't... It's not like Mario 3D World or Mario Kart or Smash Bros. when I've played the demos of the Wii version where I'm just like, oh my god, this looks amazing. I'm just like, yeah, this is serviceable graphics. It shows me why I need to see in a clear way, and it looks pretty okay doing it. But the music, on the other hand, uh, is kind of awesome. I, the thing is, you have to be okay with rock Zelda, which is now a subgenre of Zelda music. So I saying, officially coined. So, like, the graphics basically didn't live up to the stills that they were showing that were like, whoa, this game looks really good. No, there are moments where it looks pretty good, but, I mean, you saw it at Comic-Con. It's not like, it doesn't blow you out of the water good. Like, it looks, there are moments that look good, there are moments that look not as good, but it's not like, it's not like Captain Toad, it's not like Does Mario. It look like an HD game, I guess. Yeah, it looks like a standard HD game. It's not like... But then, like, Mario Kart, where you're like, whoa. Yeah, it's not like Mario Kart, where you're like, I'm playing a Pixar movie. It's nowhere near that level. But that's understandable, given how much is on screen at any one time. I mean, even when you do co-op mode, the frame rate takes a huge dip just trying to handle two characters 
with all those enemies well, because they have to do double. Yeah, they have to yeah. do double output because of the gamepad. But um, which I have yet. I did not get to try co-op. I would have liked to before talking about it, but oh well. Sounds like you dodged the bullet. Apparently, or dodged a very slow-moving bullet because the frame rate goes down so much. But hey, but well, I mean, uh, just the speed. But yeah, uh, true. Uh, but yeah, the music. So um, it's Zelda. There's Zelda in there, and it's all rock because Dynasty Warrior does rock. So it's like Zelda with guitar riffs. Which there's not much to say beyond that. It's just it's kind of awesome. So, yeah. So the music's good. Uh, so I, I, I guess overall, I've been wow, I've been talking about Higher Warriors for a while. There's a lot to say about this game. I guess just to sum it up, uh, it's definitely more robust. It's more varied than I thought it would be. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is still at the end of the day you're hammering attack buttons in set patterns to attack wave after wave after wave after wave of enemy, but. Between all the different modes, and between all the different character customization options, and between all the different characters as a whole, uh, along, of course, with all that Zelda fan service, it's actually a pretty well-rounded package. Like, I was kind of surprised by how much I was like, oh, this is like a full flight. It's not just the same thing on over and over. There's variety, there's different things you can do, there's different approaches to the same idea of just hammering the buttons. Like, it, there's meat to this there's meat on these on them bones so um i wouldn't necessarily say it's a game for everyone if you don't like dynasty wars it is dynasty wars so just just turn off the podcast now like don't even don't bother hearing the rest of this but if you don't do that but if you um you know if you're not if you're not sure if you want for full msrp like i said at the top if you want a discount price i would definitely say if you have any interest in it but you're like "Mm, i don't know if i want to spend 60 Wait however long till it drops like 40, and then I would say it's totally worth 40. And if you're a fan, if you're a big Zelda fan and like the fan service angle, or if you just want like an, a really like intense action game of sorts for uh, Wii U, there really isn't anything quite like this on the system, and there probably won't be. So I would recommend it. I, I enjoyed it. It's definitely, like I said, it's definitely more well rounded than I expected. So I was pleasantly surprised. I went in going, Yeah, I want this for the Zelda fan service, but we'll see how the gameplay is. And I came out going, Huh, that's fun. So, uh, yeah, so check it out if it's your if you know if it seems like something you may be interested in. It's good at what it is, but if it's something you know you'll hate, it's not going to change your mind. And that's probably the best way to sum it up. So, so that is Hyrule Warriors, and that is episode eighty-one of the Roundtown Podcast. So thank you as always for listening. A um, couple things to mention on the site right now. If you go to roundtown.com, we have a new vidbit, our second one. In honor of Smash Bros. now being upon us for 3DS, we went back and played the game that started all Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 64. It's about a 20-minute video where you kind of see how well the game's held up over the years, what still works, what doesn't work, how weird does it feel to go back to a game with no dodging, all that. So um, check that out. It's on the site. Uh, it's called VidBit Super Smash Bros. We're very creative. And also be sure to keep, it, keep an eye on the site on October 19th for our next episode, and maybe and we might have an extra in between then. The easiest way to make sure you don't miss our next episode on the 19th or any other content, follow us on Twitter, at Ram Nintendo. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for Ram Nintendo, and we are there. And, uh, yeah, the next episode is going to be definitely a big one. Full Smash Bros. impressions, Jose's experience at the tournament, the latest news. It works. It doesn't so. mean it'll be anything good, it, but you will have an experience. There will be an experience. I drove there. It was packed. I left. <laughs> Hey, I never promised a good experience. I just said an experience. You will talk about an experience. You'll talk about an adventure you had involving Smash Bros. in some way. So we have that. We have, like I said, full impressions. We have, of course, all the latest news. Um, It's going to be quite the episode. So definitely don't miss the next one. That's on October 19th. And until then, enjoy your Smash Bros.